0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pick a Loaf and Dr. Zom!
1: Welcome to Silver and Gold, Daddy. I'm the loaf, and with me, Dr. Zom. Hey.
2: Uh,
1: and special guest this week to celebrate our 150th spectacular episode, Armin from Germany.
3: Hello, hello, hello.
4: Thanks there for it. There he me.
1: is. Uh, no problem. Um, so yeah, he had to come on. He's Germany's biggest. Steven Seagal fan, so he could not miss the (laughs) opportunity to come on and talk about uh, Above the Law from 1988, which featuring also, well, kind of featuring, Henry Silva, the uh, Silva part of our Silva and Gold double feature, and Dolph Lundgren in The Mechanic, or the crappy name, Russian Specialist. Um, We'll get into those soon. Uh, Armin, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself here. Tell us what's up. Tell us how you're doing.
3: Yeah, uh, first, thanks so much for letting me participate in uh, this uh, great episode. And uh, congratulations on 150 years, episodes of uh, Silver and Gold. uh,
1: 150
3: years. (laughs) To uh, be able to participate. So uh, I hope I will do you justice and uh, be able to create some... Content in addition to your, uh, yeah, your discussion of the movies. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a long time sure. long-time fan, but the first time participator, I guess. So that's if this is even a word.
1: Yeah. So. Man, yeah. You've been a fan yet. for a long time, then you, you're sending us voicemail, and all of a sudden you're strong arming your way onto the show. What the hell's going on? Maybe taking over my job soon.
5: He's being groomed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zom, how are you, sir?
5: I'm okay i'm doing well uh everything is is fucking pretty good
1: yeah yeah i uh That's I had good. a had i had a launch week this week. we brought out some new phones at work and uh, uh, yeah so it was there was a some
3: discussion on the group uh, about the quality of iPhones compared to other phones, right? other smartphones. Yes.
1: <laughs> no, never let it be said that we are in a cutting-edge uh, community. We got in an argument. or Somebody got in an argument over Android versus iPhone, I'm sure. Was it? Yeah. Uh, an, actually I an argument? I, I
4: must
1: have missed it. I think it was just a, a lively discussion. Or it was, oh. maybe it wasn't even that. I see it everywhere this time of year, so I probably get it confused of whether it was an argument or not.
3: You know what I have? But, uh, I have actually no smartphone. Uh, I have a little bit to do with the software uh, yeah, commercially, but uh, I never own a smartphone. And uh, now my daughters always harass me to, yeah, you need to use listen to this in this app, You stay contact, please. Why don't you ever get a smartphone? <laughs> That's really, so
1: you, the you have the old me, flip phone still?
3: Yeah, I still have, a, yeah, I don't know, an eight-year-old phone or something, which I got second hand from my wife, actually. So I...
5: Nice. I, I did yeah, too, we... Armin, and then yeah, when I went to Horror Hound, everybody shamed me because I had a flip phone. They were like, hey, did you see this picture I just sent you? And the little screen on it was so small, it was about as big as my thumbnail. I was like, uh, yeah, I saw it. I couldn't even tell. So I had to buy a fucking phone.
4: Uh,
1: so, um, well, Armin, uh, what, what have you uh, what have you been watching lately?
3: Yes, uh, I have a very short list. Uh, maybe I have to go a bit uh, longer back than one week, but um, and wow. I, have to let, I have to let my shit. Yeah. In. Sorry. It starts. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Um, Armin
5: loves pussy. What? Yes, yeah.
3: But they all, leave, they, all, they all leave me. It's terrible. But they, but they come back when they're hungry. They come back when they
5: You will fit right in on
3: this
1: show. <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> I so to know. start with a, a beautiful white, uh, <laughs> just, uh, just <laughs> misery. Let, let me let him out. Just one second. It's really terrible. I know. Sorry. No, no, it's fine.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the puss is being let out.
4: Well,
1: Zom, I'll let you get into it. We'll we'll let him take a break. Right. Uh, what have you been Let's watching say. this week? Back again. Wait, well, All right. Oh, he's back. He's back. Never mind.
3: It's a small place. Um, so I uh, start with, with a very uh, with a beautiful black-and-white movie from 1962, uh, Lonely Are the Brave, which is a kind of, uh, yeah, Western-like drama. So it's technically, I think, a drama, but uh, yeah, focusing about one of the last or the last cowboy uh, played by uh, Kirk Douglas, really great movie, which also... Uh, uh, let Me Tear Up in the Last Couple of Minutes. Oh, yeah. That's a good also one. Also, Steve Rollins and Walter Matthau. It's really a great drama. It's really a great film movie. Watched also a bit of the extras and had also some interviews with Spielberg and other guys, uh, how they really uh, were influenced by this flick. So I really liked it a lot. Uh, then I watched, uh, uh, because it came out here in Germany, on Le- and Do the DVD Sabotage with Arnie. Mm. Yeah. And I loved it. Wait. Really, I heard so many negative comments about this, but my assumption is everybody uh, expected like an action flick with uh, lots of explosions and shit, but it was more like a mystery drama kind of thing. But I really liked uh, uh, Annie's presence in this one. I liked the group. I, liked, uh, liked the, I forgot the name of the red-headed chick, but I really loved her. And uh, also the showdown was kind of great. Uh, Lizzie. Yeah, remind me a lot of a uh, bit of Sam Peckin Party and just the last uh, five, seven minutes or so oh, the Mexican bar was really amazing. So uh, really, I think this is one of this is one of my um, my uh, best-loved uh, newer Arnie flicks, I would say. I liked it a bit better than the one before, and uh, like it much more than his uh, entries in the in the Expendables uh, the cameos. I think
5: Loaf liked Sabotage a bit better than the one with Johnny Knoxville too.
1: Yeah, I I definitely like Sabotage better than what was the name was of that called? one? Last, Last, Last Stand. And...
5: Yeah. You yes. hated that one.
1: Escape Plan was good. Escape Plan was that better. That was probably my Cole. favorite one. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the scene when he's uh, crying in the cell or faking to be afraid and uh, crying in German. <laughs> this is uh, amazing. Is. Was
5: he really speaking German? <laughs> yes. Oh, see, I was wondering. I, I he could now. Honest to God, Swartz and I know he was, but honest to God, in that scene. He could have been reading a McDonald's menu in German and I wouldn't have known it, but I was like, oh my God, the passion, you know, he sounded so, which would, it would have been funny if it would have come out that he was.
3: I so. think yeah, it would be fine, yeah, but but I think he said something like uh, "Let me out" in German, so "Lass mich raus," or something like this. And uh, maybe he—it was kind of method acting—and he imagined uh, his uh, being in an argument with his uh, former wife. Uh, Let me out of the marriage or something. I don't know. Maybe she kicked him out of the contract. Yeah. No, I—I I, I was really uh, sabotage. I really liked and also the whole style because uh, uh, I like the way these guys of the special team came over. It's really kind of. Uh, Act, active, aggressive assholes, but then I thought, okay, in this kind of job you maybe have to be this kind of character, and it's kind of totally normal, and you cannot be like a like some desk jockey sitting around and filling out forms every day. You have to have a special personality to go through it this. like
5: podcasting. You have to be an active, aggressive asshole.
3: <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, then I uh, watched a, a rather long uh, – it was a mighty evening show, like rather long but uh, kind of classic, I, I didn't know so far, Japanese movie called Confessions of a Dog, which is
1: uh, – I still need to see that.
3: I heard it's banned in Japan. Maybe not anymore, but it has. I think it, it has been banned in Japan because it really uh, displays police corruption and uh, brutality and basically displays the police as way more – uh, corrupt and and, and 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 crimey than the Jacuzza, itself. So I think there's not even Jacuzza on this movie, but only Korean gangs and stuff. But basically, the police is the most corrupt organization, and really, they basically invent their own crimes and uh, really have dealings with all the gangs, sell guns and drugs, and it's it's great. And the the main actor I only know so far from this Last Samurai movie with uh, Tom Cruise, plays one of the bigger guys. He's I think the he's the biggest Mexican or the biggest Japanese I ever saw. It was a movie situation. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, anyway.
1: I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, uh, that one is always, I haven't set aside time to watch it yet because it's like three hours long, right?
3: Uh, it's three hours and something. So it's really, it took me like yeah. uh, half evenings to, to watch it, but it's worth that. a watch. And this guy is really, uh, gives a great uh, one man performance, so especially in the last uh, minutes. It's uh, really, really great. It's a good movie.
2: Cool. Wow.
3: Uh, then I watched. Uh, uh, finally finished uh, Two Detectives*. Technically not a movie, but uh, I had to finish it, and it's really—it will really maybe rank in my uh, TV shows uh, second after maybe after *The Shield*, between *The Shield* and uh, *and Breaking Bad*. So it's really great, just fucking awesome.
5: Can you imagine if Matthew McConaughey's character worked with Vic Mackey on *The Shield*? Oh, I'm yeah. sure he would uh, Vic would have hit him in the head with the phone book.
3: Yeah, he would, um, <laughs> maybe you <he> would you uh, <laughs> so remember the great scene when uh, when he, they're catching the rapist and he's letting the the sharp dog I- inside the cabin and the, the guy's screaming and they only get the dog out after he ate one testicle or something.
5: <laughs> <laughs> he could eat my left one right now. It's kind of achy. Ooh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, but I was really amazed by the, also the amount of sexual content in the show and how much... Uh, can I say it? how much pussy uh, Woody Harrison got? So, hey, <laughs> now, hey, come
5: on
1: now. Hey, <laughs> this is a family show. Terrible, I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> then I watched, cool, uh, was that
1: it? Oh, you got I, more.
3: I think two, two more. I, I um, watched The Last Grenade uh, on uh, Advice of Some. It so, uh, was a movie that was a bit hard to get, but I got it with a nice uh, Thai, Thai art cover, so... Uh, really nice, uh, nice action, Soldier of Fortune flick with uh, Stanley Baker. Really liked it. And I liked uh, also the main bad guy whose name I already forgot. Uh, oh, Alex Scott, cool. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy from, uh, wasn't he in a TV show um, with, with the eye patch? Uh, yeah, Airwolf, yeah. Airwolf, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. No, a great, great uh, psychotic or sociopathic bad guy. Really nice. Uh, then uh, to finish up, I watched uh, Summer of Sam, which, yeah, I wrote in the group, I I only found it middle of the road, but I'm not a big fan of Spike Lee movies so far. I have to say, uh, but I have to see more. But I also uh, maybe mis- misunderstood the meaning of the movie, so I thought it was maybe something more about the serial killer, the son of Sam, but it was more about the the uh, feelings in this quarter of New York in the in this uh, in this specific summer and the influence on and, uh, of the marriage of uh, John Guzamo and Mara Sabino, which was really hot in this movie. But John Leguizamo was really a uh, fucking shitty! and it's really amazing that <laughs> he cannot stop <laughs> fucking other women but then uh, really uh, doesn't want to have uh, proper sex with his wife and just really feels ashamed of himself, it's really terrible terrible role uh, then to to finally finish up I saw yesterday evening uh, besides the two movies we we're discussing today, The Nest, this uh, French ah. uh,
4: movie, oh. which is a
3: great, great, great action movie and I was really, I, I heard good things about it but I now, after seeing it, I w- I'm really, uh, uh, was really uh, amazed by the quality of the action, the characters, and how, uh, how nice it passed compared to at least one of the movies we're discussing today. So it was maybe a, a good, uh, bad contrast like seeing this immediately uh, before, but uh, really high, high praise for, uh, for The Nest or The, the, the Wasp's Nest. Nice.
1: That is a good one. I, I think the gentleman reviewed that one way back when, uh, which is what made me check it, check it out. Cool. Uh Zom, what have you been watching?
5: Okay, what have I been watching? I watched uh oh, from two thousand 2000- Huh? What?
1: I said, Oh, you weren't ready.
5: I am not ready, but I will endeavor to persevere. <laughs> uh, from two thousand thirteen, director Jeff Renfro. Writer Jeff Renfro starring <laughs> Jeff No, no, I don't think... He might be in it. I didn't look at the cast list because you know, I only knew like a couple of people in it. But it's Larry Fishburne, Bill Paxton, mm-hmm. The Colony mm-hmm. from the Walmart cheap bin. Um, now, yeah. okay, this was, I think a week or so ago I mentioned I bought two movies. One of them was a post-apocalyptic cold movie, and the other one was a post-apocalyptic hot movie. Okay, now this is the cold movie. <laughs> Uh, it's not great. It's pretty, you know, this movie reminds me of, um, what the hell else did I watch that I was just getting ready to make a comparison? Anyway, forget the comparison. (laughs) But sometimes when you just, uh, do something kind of by the numbers, you don't try and get too fancy. You, uh, keep it like the keep it simple, stupid thing. It turns Mm -hmm. out a lot better. And that's what this was. It wasn't anything great, but it was worth a watch. Okay, next thing I watched was a repeat. And the reason I watched uh, repeated this one was because I bought some um, DVDs that had digital copies. So I could download them to my iPad. Which I will say this. You get a pretty good deal sometimes at the Wall Fart. When they have like uh the three Lord of the Rings movies for say $750 or <laughs> $12 bucks or whatever, and you get the discs, but you also get the digital downloads. You get all three movies. Uh this yeah. was limitless uh from and there's some other ones where they'll have like four movies on one disc, like Stallone, they had Bullet in the Head, uh Cobra, and a couple other ones, and I think those were only maybe seven bucks and you're getting four movies that you can download. So anyway, but this is Limitless from 2011 with Bradley Cooper. Uh, I like this one. I specifically like this little, uh, the guy that played the um, asshole Russian guy. And I think he might not even be Russian. Andrew Howard? No, he's not. He's not fucking Russian. He's from Wales, which surprises me because he was a Russian in this and he was a dick. Uh, but I liked it. It was pretty good. It had De Niro in it and some other stuff. It's not great, but it's it's pretty good. Um it has some song that goes da 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 throughout a couple times and I could have done without that. Um I watched from nineteen eighty five. Now this was the big one, uh the big uh take it off the shame what is it? Is it a shame list? Hall yeah. of Shame list is uh E D E Smotry, which is also known as come and see from 1985 mm. uh directed by lm kilmov uh as e kilmov of course i love when they do that that's funny um now this is the um, infamous i don't know if i would say infamous but it's on the list of most disturbing movies uh uh some people talk about it uh and mm-hmm. i think the gentleman's guide have reviewed it and i finally sat down and took a peek uh, i will say this um when I expected some really, uh, like Serbian film, uh, or, uh, 120 days of Sodom stuff. And there is some awful, horrible, horrible stuff in this that is real. Uh, it's based on some, some real shit that happened in, uh, to these Russians in World War II when the SS came rolling through town, I guess. Um, but it didn't hit me as like Salo, uh, uh, 120 Days of Sodom, did it? But in a different way. This did. It was, and it's weird because you sit there and think, um, I, I I don't know how to put this. It, I, I I there was horrifying things in it that if I was there, I probably would have been in a goddamn straightjacket after I saw some of the stuff that happened. <laughs> But you see so much these days of people getting their heads cut off on the fucking internet and shit like that. I don't know, but it was still really good and it was still haunting, you know. So I, I don't know if I would say I enjoyed it, but I'm glad I watched it. It was done really well and uh, it, it takes no prisoners, that's for sure. Well, I shouldn't say that, but it, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, what is was it funny? from the 80s
3: song or when? when
5: 85, the- yeah. yeah. Have, yeah, you, have you seen it?
3: See it? I still have to see it. I heard, I heard a
5: lot about it. Yeah, like I said, I think the gentlemen, they reviewed it. And, um,
3: yeah,
1: they did. And that's
5: how I even knew what it was. Love these movies, you know, hey, I'll give them a shout out. Fucking Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. You know, uh, The Nest, uh, Confessions of a Dog, fucking come and see. They bring,
1: confe- they, they bring class to the trash. Since they bring, 1977.
5: Well, they also bring fucking some... Well, I guess the class would be the movies to their show, which would be the...
1: The trash, right.
5: Well, they do, they you know, they talk about shit, and they do it sometimes <laughs> in a classy way. But when they talk about good stuff, what's the trash? I don't know, whatever. Probably feedback. Anyway, uh, from 2013 on Netflix Instant, I watched The Machine, which is a rated R movie. It's a sci-fi thriller. Ooh. Uh and it was directed by Caradog W. James. And it was written by Caradog W. James. <laughs> not as C.W. James. Uh, this was pretty good. It's it's a... Um, they are turning war veterans that have um, horrific brain damage. Trying to turn them into uh, cyborgs. Cyborg killing machines. And they just happen to turn... Uh, Pretty hot chick into a cyborg killing machine. Yeah. So you can't do that. It's all right. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. No, it's worth a watch. And I watched a. Um, uh, this is the last one. And this is a controversial movie uh, that divides Loaf and I down the middle. Loaf and my dad are on one side. I'm on the other side. And it's 2000's <laughs> Gladiator, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Russell Crowe and Joe Quinn Phoenix, and a very hot Connie Nielsen. Now, I yeah. like this movie. I liked it the first time I saw it in the theater, even though my dad fell asleep after ten minutes. Woke up in the la- he woke up I think when possibly the credits were running and oh, said yeah. and my mom and I were like, Man, that was really good and he goes, Eh movie wasn't worth a shit. And so
1: anyway, <laughs> now, I, I've never even been to the movies with my dad.
5: It. You never went to
3: the movies with your dad?
1: Never once in my life have I been to the movies with my dad.
3: Me neither. <laughs> but well. I once I once tried to show my dad uh, Saving Private Ryan, and he was always a big fan, and I'd say fan in quotation marks, of, of Second World War documentaries. Mm-hmm. And he was also born at the time, so he was just too young to be uh, drawn to the last uh, ditch, you know. And he uh, saw the movie, and he was so shocked by the movie. He told me, Switch it off. This I, I'm sure this was never that hard. This was I cannot imagine this is so brutal. This is totally yeah. horrible. I thought yeah maybe not. Uh, who knows? Maybe nobody died there. I don't know. Yeah yeah. I'll, I'll shooting. Um, I
5: almost uh, I was getting ready to buy, not more on impulse because I think that they're very good. I I want to find a digital download of that documentary, The World at War, because oh, I used yeah. to watch that. That they would show it after school, like at if we got off school at three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, it would be like, um, fucking match game. And, uh, I can't remember what else was on like right (laughs) after school, but then at like four o'clock, the world at war would be on. It's this great documentary and they interview, I mean, there's a lot of, um, uh, interviews with, uh, Germans, uh, that were served in the German army, but also German civilians. Mm Uh, there's, uh, it's, and and it's all it's all in you know the native language of whoever they're talking to, whether it's Japanese or whoever they're talking to or whatever. Anyway, so it's really good. So I've been kind of eyeballing that, and I might buy it. You, you dig? Anyway, so one of the reasons that I will I have to add this. One of the reasons that my list was not that long, even though I only had about four movies on here, but I'm talking for like twenty minutes, is <laughs> I slipped I slipped into a Law and Order. Uh, marathon. <laughs> nice. And now I one the one good thing one cool thing is when you're watching them cuz it was on for 20 years. Like I uh the other day Laura Linney was uh the main person on there, the guest star Sam Rockwell. It's like the old Gunsmokes where you'd see John Voight and Gary Busey, Charles Bronson, Joe Don Baker. If you go back and watch Law and Order, you see that shit too. Now, I also watched Dennis Miller's America, this Ugh. stand-up of Dennis Miller. And it's fucking awful. He is the fucking... And I don't think he's a stupid man. So I honestly... And this makes me more repulsed than anything. I honestly believe he's one of these people that his career was in the shitter pretty much. And he has decided to take a right-wing slant to become the, the comedian of... The teabag community, or the comedian of the of the right rich one percent, and it's really yeah. gross. I mean, when you watch this, I was sitting there watching the first like ten minutes of it, and I'm like, "What a fucking asshole!" So anyway, is he just I, full
1: of shit? Like, because he used to be not that at all, and then all of a sudden, like, did he just is he just fucking around and like just like well, for the paycheck and just to be controversial?
5: Some people on Are You Serious? I ask the same question. Because my theory was is that he is I I I firmly believe because I've heard people say that they know Glenn Beck and they know Sean Hannity and say that it's a gimmick they're not really they mm-hmm. may be more right wing than left wing but they're not as nuts or as or, or even I think Ann Coulter's the same way I don't think they are as much uh, as bad as what they are they are. That's their gimmick if they're playing right. wrestling heel manager and someone said a bunch of people on are you serious said that um, he totally changed after 9 eleven you know and I was like okay so after 911 you became a bigot you became intolerant, you became a fucking ignorant moron who oversimplifies complex issues and panders to the right. No, I think you were probably just a dick to start with, or you're just, you just want a job, and, you know, Adam Carolla, I think, did the same thing. I used to listen to his show, and on The Man Show and stuff like that, I thought he was with Mm -hmm. Jimmy, and he was on there with Jimmy Kimmel, I thought he was pretty funny, and then I just can, could not listen to his show anymore. He became right-wing Archie Bunker, and he would say the dumbest things. And I'm like, why is he doing this? Well, you know, you're you're you've got 50 of an of an audience, whereas before he might have had zero, or you know. So anyway, they just I think they're picking a niche market of assholes.
1: Nah. And you just know how our scene. show
5: is, so I just say it straight out.
1: <laughs> niche market of assholes. Oh. We'll,
5: we'll, we'll um, lose a few
1: for this one, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, I watched a handful of things. Like I was just obliterated after work this week, so I didn't do a lot when I would come home. But um, probably the most interesting thing I checked out was um, it, it's called Pulp Empire. Um <sighs> So on fanedit.org, if you've never been there, and, and it's singular, fanedit.org, um, people upload. They basically recut movies in different means, and so, you know some are better than others. There's some cool stuff on there, but this is a new one that's popped up on there, where they have taken Empire Strikes Back and they've cut it down. To, uh, it's a, that's a, that's about a two-hour movie. They've cut it down to about 85 minutes, and they've reordered it. To flow like Kill Bill, and use like uh, they use uh, Tarantino inspired or even lifted from the movies music, um, and there's some funny stuff in there. It's kind of it's a neat little uh, reworking of the movie. So it starts off with the big reveal near the end of Empire Strikes Back, and then like Kill Bill starts off with what's her face with Beatrice dying or getting shot, and. Ah. Uh, and so it starts off with the big reveal of empire and then fills in the story. But there's some cool stuff, you know, like in um in uh in Glorious Bastards when Hugo Stiglitz makes his first appearance and it shows that little montage where it says like it's saying like Hugo Stiglitz across the <laughs> across the screen. When Boba yeah. Fett is inspired, it's the same kind of thing. when he's introduced it's the same kind of thing. It says Boba Fett What's and it's playing album? music and showing it's called Pulp Empire. You can find it. Like, the guy has it on Vimeo and all the parts of it. You can download it and, like, edit it together if you wanted to, but you can watch it on Vimeo. Um, but just look up Pulp Empire on Vimeo or on fanedit.org. It's, it's a neat little thing. Um, let's see. I watched uh, a Brazilian women-in-prison film, <laughs> Bear Behind Bars, or A Prisão. Um, and it's probably the sleaziest uh, women in prison film I've seen. It's pretty much porn. Um, <laughs> Fuck, I
4: gotta watch that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's something else. Like, I mean, the even the people that work at the prison, they never their their shirt, they, their uniforms are always unbuttoned down to the navel. So, uh, like, they'll just <laughs> be walking around and their tits will fall out. There's no, there's one dude in the entire movie, <laughs> like, um, and that oh no two no three, um, but all of them are there just for. Uh, fuck scenes. Um, and really, like, I don't even remember the story. It's just like an excuse to show lesbian sex over and over again. So, yeah, you know, fan. it's pretty shitty. But if you're in the mood for for that sort of thing, jacking off. For <laughs> 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 well, you know, um, yeah, it's all right. Uh, let's see. And I watched a lot of Godzilla movies this week. I don't know why, because I could just put them on and just kind of fall asleep. Um, let's see. I watched. So I've been trying to go through. And fill in any Godzilla movies I'd never seen, and I jump back and forth between 70s. Now I've, I've gone through the 60s, gone through the 70s, back to the 90s because in the 90s they kind of, or I guess it was in 85, they rebooted the Godzilla series and they just f- kind of forgot everything that happened since 1954. <laughs> but so all the stuff in the 70s by the 90s is ignored. So I kind of jump back and forth, but I watched from 73 Godzilla. Gojira, Tai, Megaro, or Godzilla versus Megalon. Um, this is the one where an under- the undersea nation of Cetopia sends the gigantic Megalon <laughs> to destroy the world above, and it's up to Godzilla and a size-shifting robot, ja- Jaguar, to defeat him. <laughs> um, I saw pretty that dumb. when I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty dumb, but it's fun. Um, Jesus Christ, let me tell you, it, when,
5: when you're a, like, a 12-year-old kid, that yeah. fucking movie was awesome. I was like, Jet Jaguar, choo 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 choo, you know, all this shit. I loved it. <laughs> we went, I, I wanted to play Godzilla.
1: Yeah, and, and Godzilla does the tail slide in this one where was Jet I- Jaguar is. You that old that old wrestling bit where the guy holds the other dude's arms behind him, and uh, the other guy comes running in. Although this time the other guy did not dive out of the way for him to hit Jet Jaguar, but he did a tail slide. He just it totally defies physics. sits <laughs> up on his tail and slides straight forward to a drop kick. See, that's um, what
5: I hate about movies like this and Prometheus.
1: Yeah, you know, they, they, they it's just totally, stupid. they get they just ignore realism. Fuck those movies. I was um, eight
5: years old when this came, or well, I was probably seven, so. Yeah. And I was going to say was I was thinking god when I said, you know, I wanted to, I went out and played Godzilla versus Megalon. Jesus Christ, I better check the date. I might have been like 16, but I was actually <laughs> like 17.
1: Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, Megalon is is he's all right. I don't think he ever appeared in any other movie, so he must have not have been that popular. And the the, du- the dude, um the monster whose name I'm forgetting with the saw in his chest that I just watched last week. Uh <laughs> Gigon? Um, what's it Yeah, Gigon. Yeah, he he makes a, re- a weird, random appearance, also from the outer space again, um, and runs away again. <laughs> uh, he was a fucking But
5: weird, I mean, some of the, some of those monsters just got to where they were just like throwing shit together, like throwing <laughs> yeah. throwing hands yeah. on like a gorilla or, or not hands, but like Megalon drill bits just or like,
1: some. Stupid yeah, shit. Megalon just looked like a giant beetle, so he kind of made sense. But Gigan was always a weird one. Um, <laughs> let's see, I watched. Uh, the Godzilla versus like, King yeah. was what it what's that Go ahead. oh i said i watched Godzilla versus King Ghidorah uh this oh. is fr- this is the 1991 one um time travelers use Godzilla in their scheme to destroy Japan to prevent the country's future economic reign uh and King Ghidorah is pr- he's, he's pretty awesome i think he's appeared in in the most movies maybe next to mothra Um, they can never decide in these movies if they want the monsters to be good guys or bad guys. They always kind of hop back and forth. Ghidorah was always a dick, but kind of used as a hero (laughs) in this one because Godzilla was the dick. (laughs) Uh, but I think King Ghidorah went back to being a dick after this movie. So, um, but yeah, time travel and there's some really dodgy Terminator 2 type effects of this one Android robot. Um, he's a, uh, I don't know where he's from. He's a white guy, but has he does a pretty good Japanese accent. Like he speaks Japanese and sounds pretty good. But man, these two '90s Godzilla movies I watched this week—they have there's English actors or American actors in both of them. I don't know if they're English or American. They speak English, and they are fucking awful. Like I remember watching that. What was the the second Ip Man movie with that one boxer who was so awful? And I'm curious. Oh, I love that.
5: What was his name? Um, I don't remember his name. Something like that.
1: So I don't know if they just purposely go out and find the worst English-speaking actors for these movies, but god damn, it's brutal. Because this one, this one, in this one, guy. it's <laughs> yeah. Well, in this one, it's a it's a naval captain and uh uh like his second in command on a ship, and the naval captain is so gay, <laughs> it's not even funny. They're both terrible actors. I, he's not supposed to be, but you can just tell. Um,
5: I watched yeah. that. I didn't think he was gay enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, more but yeah, that's a good one. Like
5: the director, more gay,
1: <laughs> more gay. Um, and then I watched the uh
5: name or Twi- yeah.
1: yuck. He was terrible. And then <sighs> <He was> uh, <laughs> awesome. Godzilla and Mothra: The Battle for Earth. Um, in the midst of another rampage by Godzilla, Mothra emerges to save the human race from Batra. And this one had some really. This one apparently is like the highest grossing Godzilla movie in Japan ever, or something. I don't know. I might have read that wrong. But hmm. he, Abatra, is kind of like the evil Mothra in a way. He's a, he's also a moth, and um Mothra's pretty fucking cool to me. I like his I like that. He's magic and he's controlled by those two little ladies, and pretty cool. Or she. I don't know if Mothra's a he or a she. But it's uh, a
5: weird concept.
1: Yeah, I like I like Mothra movies. Um, and there's a whole there's a trilogy of Mothra movies that came out after this one. I'll be willing to I'm going to check out. So that ha- to have nothing to do with Godzilla. So yeah, and that was it. So lots of lots of uh, Godzilla and nothing else really this week. I'm watching wrestling tonight, so I'll report back on that. Uh, oh, Roman yeah. Reigns just had to go undergo emergency hernia surgery, so we'll see what they're wow. going to do to replace him. I
4: so,
3: yeah. Could I add two more movies? I forgot. Sorry, already derailing the show. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I went to the, went to the <laughs> Fantasy Film Festival <laughs> this year, which is uh, touring once a year through Germany, and saw, uh, unluckily, only two movies, but uh, both are mild recommends. One is called uh, Among the Living, or Au du vivant, from uh, Alexandre Boustillaud and Julien Moury. They made uh, l'interieur or Inside, a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a newer French uh, post-gore, but uh, still slasher type of movie. which has a lot of nice uh, movie citations. I loved it mostly due to the movie citations because I guess in this movie they put uh, at least about a dozen movie citations to all kinds of stuff like Halloween and uh, other classics. And it has a very, very creepy uh, uh, monster kind of guy who is uh, basically nothing more. It's not a big, big, big spoiler because it's basically... uh, just a big, bald, uh, and very, very uh, pale guy with probably the smallest penis I've ever seen because he's mostly acting naked <laughs> in his in his That's on
5: this show.
3: But he's <laughs> 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 I, it was kind of okay. I would give it like a, a five to six out of ten, but it's uh, it's not bad. And the second one I saw is also a French thing uh, called uh, The Brotherhood of Tears, which is a thriller kind of thing, which has a, a really amazing kind of setup. So you really are. Uh, trying to find out at least for like 45 minutes uh, what it's about. It's basically about a, a ex-cop who is down on his luck and has a lot of debts and then tries to uh, get back to life and is then hired by some anonymous company who he just has to sit in an office and wait for a call who never comes and then at some point has to transport a, a, a piece of uh, a luggage and suitcase to another country and he does not know what's inside. And if he opens the suitcase, he will be immediately fired. But of course he has to find out what's in there and he gets like uh, tons of money every day so it's really uh, an amazing uh, solution also in the end it's very creepy in the end very uh, French like it's really uh, really interesting this I would advise a bit bit higher that's called uh, Brotherhood of tears
1: nice that's it cool um, let's uh, let's see what are we doing first let's do above the law first let's take a break and come back and we'll we'll do uh, yeah we'll go in silver and gold or order how about that uh, we'll take a break and come back and do Above the Law right yep. after this.
0: It's the Daily Grindhouse Podcast. I got your boy hanging. You no-business, Bond, insecure junkyard mother. Starring Dr. Freaks.
5: Am I the only one who is concerned about the naked woman tied to
0: a bed? Johnny a I put out the trash. Joe Cosby. Softcore picture? You just said softcore picture. And Warhawk Tanzania as Warhawk Tanzania.
4: You do not
6: come to my turf talking about busting ass.
0: When it comes to cinema, <laughs> we talk the cream of the crop. While scraping the bottom of the barrel Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Facebook And of course on DailyGrindhouse.com The Daily Grindhouse Podcast Because you deserve it
1: Up, all right. Uh, like that. Above the law. That, what? Like that. Oh. that was uh, that was Spanish calls. All right. Uh, I don't even know if you could hear me talking. Uh, let's see. Above the law, 1988. <clears throat> I think this is the one with like a 14 mile long synopsis. Oh Jesus Christ! Let me find a decent synopsis here. Here we go. Um, Nico learned martial arts in Japan. Wait, I don't like this one. Nico Toscani, an ex-CIA policeman now working for the local police department, while doing an investigation, discovers the existence of a big weapon trade. Nico finally reaches Zagon, Zagon and Salvano, two corrupted American Secret Service members. Yeah, this is starring Steven Seagal and our favorite Henry Silva uh, and Pam Greer. Eh. <laughs> 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 and that's only eh for this one. She's dressed in mom clothes, so I'll just say that. Mm. Um, I guess, Dom, you wanted Seagal. to take the lead on this one. Yeah, what?
4: whatever.
5: Leave it to Seagal to take Sharon Stone and Pam Greer two <laughs> super fucking hot chicks, and dress them like Ow. schlubs. Schlubs! But at least he didn't have a 15-year-old in this that he could fucking, uh, you know, make out with and French kiss and shit. Anyway, okay. Yeah.
4: okay. This
5: is above the law. You think you're above the law? Well, you're not above my law. Um, now, this is the debut, not mm-hmm. only of Steven Seagal on Silver and Gold podcast, but this is the fucking debut of Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> the character. Is it? Yep. Yes. Huh? The, the legend, the character. This movie, pretty much, he was one of the people that put together this story. And I believe that he used this as the template of the bullshit story that he has told from the beginning of his career, of his past, his background. Uh, <laughs> now, it is um, like any good bullshit artist. He takes some fact, some facts like that. Like he, he trained in Japan. Well, he did train in Japan. Yeah,
1: he okay. didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think he went
5: over there until like he was nineteen or twenty years old. But he did train in Japan. He mm-hmm. didn't grow up in Japan. <laughs> and he uh, I'm confident now I'm now I shouldn't say this, but I will throw this out there. I personally don't believe that Steven Seagal was ever in the CIA.
1: <laughs> are you sure uh, yeah. uh,
5: well maybe yeah. not <laughs> <laughs> yes he was motherfucker anyway <laughs> um, so anyway, but this is just so the the thing about this movie is is uh, when you talk about the movie, you also have to talk about the man, the myth, and the legend, Stephen Seagal, because this is his coming out <laughs> party. This is his birth uh, to the nation, but it's also, like I said, it is kind of uh, the genesis of his self-made legend. Now, Seagal apparently. Uh, taught you know he's an uh, aikido instructor and uh, he learned you know this in in the orient and had his he was a, the first gaijin to have a dojo or whatever and all this bullshit okay so right. but he he was a um, uh, i guess he taught uh, he he did some uh, fight choreography for a couple of movies uh, and he was an instructor for Like it wasn't Robert Evans, but it was some I can't remember what the guy's name is, some producer. So the guy's like, "Hey, motherfucker, you kind of have a look. Uh, Why don't we make a movie? You know, and we'll sit down. We'll, we'll, you know, you have charisma, which he does have some charisma. Uh, It's, it's, it's changed. It's morphed uh, over the years, like his weight and waistline. But (laughs) (laughs) goal <laughs> in this movie. Now I remember. When, okay, this is '88, so this is about the time I was graduating from college. But I remember when he emerged on the scene as an action star, and you had this one, you had uh, Hard to Kill, which wasn't that great. But uh, his his original ones where he's skinny, he still has the slick back, greasy hair. Even though now, and even in this one, you can see that the, the hairline's receding.
1: Oh, um, oh you could see some serious. You could oh, see yeah. some serious shine on top of that some dome. Skip.
5: Uh, and uh, in this one he doesn't have a ponytail But he kind of has it combed back In a, in a mullet slash ducktail uh, yep. It get, gets a little bit long in the back But he plays Nico Toscani Now let me tell you something Motherfucker Nico is his family Is split down the middle On one side is all the cops The police And on the other side is the mafia And Nico is right in the middle um, so it, they established this from the very beginning. They show a montage and they, well, this chair is so squeaky. Um, sorry. <laughs> they show this, uh, kind of montage at the beginning of actual pictures of Seagal from the time he's a baby. And they're showing him, they're introducing him to the world and they show him as a, when he's playing baseball as a kid. And then when he, he's got these giant long sideburns, like, uh, 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 if you watch Antonio Inoki from New Japan in the very early 70s. Big long sideburns all the way down to his neck. Um, Then (laughs) it switches over and they show him, like I guess, kind of modern day and he's in a dojo and they show his skills. He's doing his he's he's demonstrating his Aikido. So it gets you familiar with his how he was brought up. Then it gets you familiar with this fighting style because before Segal came on the scene, now you used to have like Steve McQueen in uh, Sand Pebbles and a couple of movies did some judo moves where he like would throw somebody because he studied judo, um, but you never saw anything like the Aikido where he's grabbing guys by the wrist and like effortlessly using their momentum against you know them and throwing them and fucking snapping guys wrists and elbows and all this stuff. And I just remember people being like. Man, I like fucking Steven Seagal because when you would watch martial arts movies, whether it was Chuck Norris or Van Damme or whoever, it was all this, you know, kicking, uh, these really high kicks and everything. And it looked really impressive. But Seagal was different. It, it, you know, he's like, man, he's so quick. And he was. He's probably yeah. six foot six and 180 pounds. He's in he's, this movie. Yeah, he's
1: yeah. Now his head is hundred and eighty pounds.
5: <laughs> now he's three eighty. <laughs> but he he has these fucking he, he is a cool looking motherfucker. I will say this. So In yeah. these movies it, it, when you first especially when you first saw him, he just he was has his squinty eyes. He's he's skinny like a snake, but he's tall, he's big still, and he could fucking really manhandle people. And Ugh. I think the one thing that became a uh kind of a hindrance to Seagal other than his like wanting to eat all the time and and his fucking uh <laughs> raccoon Davy Crockett raccoon skin cap hair that he has now is they always said this about wrestling and if you if you look at um like uh die hard or uh first blood, Rambo, whatever, um any of these movies, even even um, Schwarzenegger in um, whatever movie he's in, um, we'll say Sabotage, even now. If if the guy goes out constantly, say, say you take Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan took an ass-beating through almost all of his matches. The good guy should always, at, at least at one point, Clint Eastwood in fucking uh, Fistful of Dollars, takes a tremendous yeah. ass-whipping. Yeah, but he fucking comes back. Seagull never takes an ass whipping. He Unless, never. Unless only from the
1: He is he is tied up and yeah. beaten down by three guys at once. We which is only like 10 temporary. Ten
5: guys and they and they all have guns on him and he's like, "Okay, motherfucker, you got me." And he puts his gun down. <laughs> they tie him to a chair. But he never physically his own ego. I think in his real life takes over and he thinks I can't be bested. So. Nobody's going to believe, even in a movie, that someone can beat me. No one can outfuck me. No one can outfight me. And no one can jive talk me. You know, and he no is one like, can
1: outrun me with Tyrannosaurus arms. Yes.
4: Yeah. His, arms, yep.
5: his arms are like uh, uh, hanging salamis, big, heavy hanging salamis. And when he runs, but but I will say this. Now when people talk about the T Rex arms and running, you get a big example of that in this movie where he's chasing this guy. God, he runs so much. <laughs> yes. But he, he, he his if you look at his arms from his armpit to the end of his fingers, say my arm is like, I don't know, three and a half feet long. I don't know, I'm not measuring where his has to be like five and a half feet long. He yeah, is man. really fucking <laughs> he's he's built like a basketball player.
1: And and he tucks in his elbows. He you, rang
3: a tennis, what's he?
5: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah and you never you really see how thin he is when, for some reason in this movie, I guess it's because he's taking it back to the street like in um in um oh uh not not what's the fucking j- out for justice he when he goes to the street, he puts on his uh special forces green beret and like a <laughs> fucking vest. Well, in this one, he puts on his straight leg skinny jeans. And a black tank top, and it makes him look like I said he looks like a fucking Dennis Rodman, like a basketball player, but he's still fucking badass, motherfucker. Um, so anyway, <laughs> now I like one of the scenes that I like in this movie when it takes off is when they're in uh, like the the border of Vietnam and Cambodia. You have this flashback because Seagal, or I'm sorry, well it's going to be kind of hard to 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 go. F- from Nico to Seagal, because basically this is his biography, motherfucker. Um, so, anyway, Nico uh, has his Aikido dojo. And he gets, he gets like, just these fucking uh, spooks. These CIA guys come up to him and they say, Hey, motherfucker, you're pretty cool and you could fight. And why don't you come and join the CIA? So he gets involved in the CIA and he's in Vietnam. Now I like that they had uh, I'll tell you I like the one dude uh, what was his name Kelsey in real life uh the uh, Chelsea Ross I like him he plays Nelson Fox now he's an also a CIA guy I think that I think that um you have a uh a blur I think that Sagal is like kind of special forces because he's yeah. in uniform, and he's got, like, the fucking gun and everything. Um, he's a military advisor, which is, you know, CIA. Right? But then him and this uh, Nelson Fox, who is played by uh, Chelsea Ross, um, they're, in, they're in the shit. They're in the jungle, walking the Ho Chi Minh trail, motherfucker. And so then anyway, <laughs> here comes uh, this helicopter, and this Nelson Fox tells Nico, he says, have you ever seen chemical interrogation? So they bring in Kurt Zagon, or Zagon Zagon. Now, this wax-faced skeleton, Skeletor Jr., (laughs) is Henry Silva. Now, they might as well... I don't know why they just didn't call him Henry Silva in this movie, because I'm pretty sure that Henry Silva has tortured people with chemicals and done all this shit.
1: Um, Don't you die on me, you sucker!
5: (laughs) Yeah, and his voice sounds like it's dubbed, and I know it's not. Nope. It doesn't sound like it's coming out of his. Don't you die on me, motherfucker! And and he's because I think it's because his head is like a kabuki mask almost. It's this wax face, like if you went to uh, Madame Tussauds oh. Wax Museum and they had a fucking wax figure of Henry Silva, you'd be. And he'd there standing going, oh, right
1: beside it. you'd be like, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like
5: oh. "Hey, mom, hey, loaf, look at this wax figure of Henry Silva," and he'd be like, "I'm not a wax figure, motherfucker!" And the wax figure'd be over like in the side, and it would look more lifelike than him.
1: Um, shine my shoes now.
5: He is kind of playing a uh Lawrence Olivier from Marathon Man guy.
2: Yeah. He is <laughs> yeah.
5: or um the guy that was in um the Charles Boys Bronson Brazil. Boys from Brazil. Yeah, uh, uh Mengele, or in the Charles Bronson movie um I can't remember what it was called. They had a a, a infamous torturer who went to South America to to oh, train.
3: Yeah. What was that one called? I think the Liquidator in Germany, at least, was called. Yeah,
5: in well, Germany, who the hell knows what it was called in America? Yeah, I thought, I, thought. Um, well, I, I can't <laughs> remember. But anyway, um, so he's this this guy that's a a, a trained uh, enhanced interrogation. I'm going to use American words now because you know we don't torture, he, and he worked nope. for America, so he's an enhanced interrogator. So I like that part, and I like that it establishes that even though Segal is a CIA guy, he's got some fucking morals and the the clash there's a, a brief clash between him and uh, between Nico and Zagon and the, Nelson Fox's friend is kind of in the middle and he's he's kind of a realist he's like you know this shit just goes on get the fuck out of here Nico shut the fuck up but Nico's like no way motherfucker you know I'm, I'm uh, this guy's full of shit
6: and I quit nobody's above the law
5: nobody's above the law motherfucker so anyway, motherfucker. Um Seagal, <laughs> motherfucker, and, uh, that establishes there's this this thing, okay, and you know the shit's gonna go down eventually because Seagal's not gonna forget and Silva's not gonna forget, but like then it switches forward to nineteen eighty eight and they are establishing the they show Segal at his uh daughter's Christening his wife is Sharon Stone, who at, <laughs> yeah. at, at probably around this time. Now, when was um, Basic Instinct when she really became the hottest chick on the fucking planet?
6: Uh,
1: Definitely after it's, this. Don't um,
5: was it early? It was 92. 92. Okay, because she had been in the fucking Schwarzenegger movie Total Recall. Um, but so she was kind of probably kind of – uh, she's an up-and-comer. Uh, up- yeah, uh, she she lived in real life only lives about probably an hour away from where I live right now um was where she grew up but so but I could have dated her I'm telling you but she looked like a schlub <laughs> like she did in this movie um she plays <laughs> Nico's wife and I will say this she she was a no pretty much a nobody at the time so they schlubbed her up and made her have like you know gross mom hair and gross mom clothes now there was a scene in this where she uh, they are um Uh, They wake up, somebody's knocking on their door, and they come and they toss their, the the cops come and are uh, um, searching their house, and she's got these little little shorts on, and you could see, you know, it's like, hey, under that schlub, there was some hot puss there. Now, his partner... (laughs) His partner is Pam Grier. Now, and Will, that's like Will's dream woman, of course. And Pam Greer is hot as a fucking, you know, $3 pistol. Uh, but not in this movie.
4: Not she, in this movie.
5: She is a schlub in this movie. And she is Dolores Jax Jackson. And she's sassy. But then her and Seagal have to match each other's sassiness because they are partners. Now, I read in a book. I have a book sitting here right beside me. And this book is called Seagal-ology, A Study of ass-kick- the Ass-Kicking Films of Steven Segal* by Vern. And this is the updated, expanded edition. Now, this fucking guy Vern—he Vern. covers every single Steven Seagal movie. And this book is—oh, let's see—I'm just flipping through. It's 500 pages long. So Jesus. I had to—I had to go back and read. I haven't read all of it. I just—it's a bathroom book. It's like a book that. If you have by the shitter, and I will say this, people, I got the Cottonelle, uh, the moist wipes that you can flush. Nice. Holy shit! I will never
1: yep.
5: scrape <laughs> my asshole with sandpaper
1: again. It changes <laughs> your life.
5: Changed my life. Not only that, you use less because uh-huh. it's more sturdy, so you don't have to worry about like getting a big bunch, so your finger doesn't go through, and
1: you can does. fold one in half like three yes! times.
5: It's awesome, and I was thinking I might start carrying around a little purse to carry around my moist and wipes, so that when I'm at work or at out somewhere, I can I don't I don't have to I'd ever go back. I'm going to throw. Now I will say this: I probably will use regular tissue to for my nose.
1: Well, you got it. I I have to, I use regular tissue to get the solid off, and then use the rest to get the the residue. Okay. Use the moist. Ah, there you go. So
5: my, I, I'm, I'm convinced that within a few weeks, my asshole will be as fucking uh, soft and moist and, and beautiful as when I was born. Now, back to Pam Greer. She, th- th- there was speculation.
1: Speaking of soft and moist and beautiful.
5: <laughs> soft and moist and beautiful. Oh, you know, I will say this there, there were a couple times, she just wears clothes that are unflattering. I would have rather had the the the,
1: the blue polo khakis is just Uh, atrocious,
3: and the purple jacket, the costume jacket in the beginning was terrible. Yeah,
5: it was Uh. just awful. It was like it covered up. It made her look kind of kind of chubby because it it didn't. You know, it was like a big balloon thing, so you didn't see her weight. That she has this small waist and these big voluptuous boobies. But Seagal, Vern speculates in his book that that uh, Seagal and Jax. Maybe have something going on. <laughs> I don't know, and then, mm. because he said they have Sharon Stone in the movie, and all she does is whine and cry the entire fucking movie. That's <laughs> and, all there, she and
3: does. there's a family photo with uh, with her, her partner on the photo and the baby, right. and uh, so and the baby looks uh, more more. Um, I would say, yeah, The
1: baby definitely did not have blonde joke. any blonde jeans. In. I was going to say <laughs> the same thing. Now
5: I, <laughs> but but it's. I mean, it's not like Steven Seagal could fuck Sharon Stone <laughs> and
1: have an interracial baby, and have Pam Greer have the baby, right? 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 Yeah. Maybe they just had an, they just had an understanding.
5: But it was odd because it's it's also it's one of those deals where you have the like Armin said you have the family photo and here's Seagal here or here's Nico here's his wife Sarah and their their little newborn baby and then there's Jax the fucking Pam Greer character. So anyway. I did take some notes, so this is... Uh, let's, let's, let's get back on track here, a little, at least a little <laughs> bit. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, there is an appearance in this movie... Okay, this is also establishes the beginning of the... Steven Seagal beating up everybody in a bar... Oh, yeah. ...and Steven Seagal beating up people in a convenience store. Uh, because after this movie, <laughs> I think every fucking movie he makes... If you owned a convenience store and <laughs> like a couple of thugs came in with guns and were going to rob you, and you saw Steven Seagal come in, and you had a gun hidden under the counter, shoot Steven Seagal.
1: <laughs> the, you will save your business.
5: Yes. Give the guys the fucking cash out of the cash register and shoot Seagal. Because they <laughs> he, he will fucking destroy... Your, your cooler that has your cold drinks in it with a glass door, anything that's laying around. Now, also a bar. When he went into that fucking bar, nobody was fucking with him.
1: Nobody, he was such a bully.
5: He was a jerk. <laughs> and not only was he a jerk to the regular crowd, wow. but he was also a jerk to fucking Michael Rooker. Yep. Did you see him?
3: Men and bar. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> he had
5: one line. And he's like, Michael Rooker, you know, he's got that voice. But he had a curly, greasy perm. So anyway,
2: that's, uh, <laughs>
5: it, 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 that's probably why he turn- Henry turned into a serial killer, is because he was accosted by this fucking uh, pterodactyl-armed fucking uh, Nico. Nico Toscani. So Nico goes in, and I guess he knows that this bar is kind of a, a fucking affront. You know, and it's got a bartender that's a fucking weird-looking asshole. This bartender, people
1: <laughs> Okay, somebody posted his name I wanted to know his name um, Do you know who it is? Do you know his name?
5: I looked nope. him up just fucking five seconds ago it's great. I, I eyebrows. couldn't even
1: find it Oh god damn it, we got fucking No, it's on here, Oak, his name Oakley. is Ron,
5: it's we, Ronnie Barron
1: oh, yeah. We got Oakley Spam on our group Son of a bitch What's that? Parada Mignon, you stink Sorry <laughs> <Okay>.
5: <laughs> um, uh, but, uh. Ronnie Barron Is in this fucking movie and when you watch it... Now, I remember... The first time I watched it, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? What is he supposed to be? There's something going on here that that I don't know about. Because, first of all, he looks odd as shit. He could be a woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he kind of looks like my friend... Or my ex... Well, I don't know if I'd say ex-friend. I haven't seen this guy in years, but... Uh, I he was a white
1: soul singer during the 70s.
5: That's what I'm saying. He... <laughs> was with Sonny and Cher, uh Doctor Hook, uh Tom Waits. He's a musician. Now you know that Seagal, first of all, uh Ronnie Barron was also uh if you look him up, he's from Algiers, New Orleans. And you know that Seagal, he down with the Cajon down in New Orleans. And and not only that, but Seagal is a jazz musician. He can fucking play that guitar just like a ring oh. and a bell.
3: It's all go, things to all people.
5: So they've put this guy in. I'm sure that Seagal probably <laughs> met this guy or knew this guy somehow, and they said, we're going to give you a part. First of all, he has a fucking mullet, that, and he has his hair layered and feathered. He's ugly as shit. If they would have put him in a dress, he could have played a woman. And it says the dumbest shit. Uh, you, You'll never be the man. You'll never be the man. And then when Seagal grabs a hold of him, he goes, don't do me ugly, man! Don't do me ugly! (laughs) And you're like,
4: what?
5: It just, you know, some of the shit he said just didn't really... Didn't make sense. Yeah, it it didn't make sense, but I think, like Seagal, later, Seagal's not as bad in this one, with the jive talk, where he's trying to talk jive. Um... And and later he gets really into not only being a, a man of the street and talking jive, but he tries to throw that Cajun in there too, you know, because everybody knows that Steven Seagal, who is from Michigan and who uh, lived in Japan, is down with the homies in the bayou. So anyway, um you have every okay, now when I was watching this this time, I forgot where it was where it took place, and as I'm watching it, I'm thinking This has to be fucking Chicago. Because Mm -hmm. every fucking person in this, with the exception of Seagal, looks like they could have been in the SNL skit. Da bears. When they they, (laughs) they think about the Chicago Bears. And every one of them has a big fucking caterpillar mustache. And they're like, eh, I'll take Dicca. You know, uh, Yeah, who do you think will win the Super Bowl this time? Bears. Bulls.
1: What was the... What was the uh, the other Henry Silva Chuck Norris movie that took place in Chicago? Code of
5: silence oh, yeah. so there
1: you go same right right around the same time too
5: and so just didn't I leave Chicago.
1: This, he just hung out
5: It feels when I was watching this today, I was thinking this fucking feels like code of silence because yeah. there's a scene where Segal is out on the ledge of this thing, and the subway's going subway trains going by, and he jumps on the top of it, and I remember. Chuck Norris doing the same thing in that movie. There are oh. several people that were in this one that were in Code of Silence.
3: Rondine, right? Now,
1: what about what about when they're posing as uh, butchers wearing the costumes? It made me think of the part where they're p- yeah. in Code of Silence, where they're dressed up as painters with the. Now, one thing
5: yeah. that I, that is not shouldn't be a mystery is. The guy that directed this directed Code of Silence three years <laughs> before this one.
6: <laughs> Yay! And,
5: and he also—wait a minute—he directed Collateral Damage. Oh no, that's a cigar That's a Swordsegger movie. I was thinking that was the one with Tom Cruise. I thought they said this guy got uh, nominated for—he did. He got nominated for an Academy Award for the Fugitive.
1: He directed The Fugitive. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, oh, he's under a, siege! Nice.
5: Yeah,
4: he he's, he can he
5: can do his shit. He, he gave up
1: after the after the early nineties.
5: Yeah, well, you know that's the way it goes. Maybe that's when you
1: direct a movie called Holes.
5: Holes. I saw that movie and it had uh, Barbara Dare and um, no, anyway, um, that was. Oh, okay.
1: Shia LaBeouf and Sigourney Weaver and John Voight in a in a uh, golf comedy.
5: Okay, I hate Shia LaBeouf.
1: Oh no, not golf! It's just digging holes. Great.
5: And then, you know, that's not that I heard that was actually pretty good. I heard really? Holes, Holes is like really supposed to be really good. Um, it's hmm. like a kids in a uh, like a chain gang prison thing, I think. And John, oh, Ford, okay, asshole, uh, warden thing. Anyway, you have some this one guy in here. You have two guys that are bad guys. One of them looks like Frankie Valley, uh, from the Four Seasons, and the other one, <laughs> Frankie Valley, from the when he was singing the theme to Greece, uh, and Keith Hernandez, they're coke dealers. Um, now, there's one scene where Seagal, this is after the meatpacking thing, and he goes running and he, or he doesn't go running and jump on the top of their guard. They run over him. He rolls up the hood, rolls up that the was windshield, cool. grabs a hold of the roof, and it had like a, a vinyl top on it. And he had a hold of it. Now, I know you have to suspend disbelief in action movies like this. He punches through the passenger. Your window and grabs Fank- Frankie Valley by the neck. Now <laughs> re- uh, uh, you're—I know love a wrestling fan, but remember when Bill Goldberg punched through the window and
1: <laughs> yeah, and almost and- ended his career, almost died.
5: Yeah. So it's not you know a bare fist through a car window. Uh, uh, you know, if you use the glass in the movies, yeah, don't do that in real life. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, I, I did notice that Segal's police car had a little one of those little uh, yellow signs in the back window that said baby on board which is kind of funny <laughs> so i i guess if you're on a stakeout that would be good because and and there
1: was a fucking like tow truck or like a meat truck or something with a siren too
5: yeah i noticed that too <laughs> that thing
3: flipped over
5: and it was going Rrr. it's like why would they have a siren in the goddamn
4: meat truck
3: what i found for- funny that they wear the the white jackets for the meat packing plant but wear these clearly visible earpieces with a thick cable yes. so
1: <laughs> these thick giant cables. yeah these giant earbuds <laughs>
5: Nobody will notice, motherfucker. Um, now, Nico or Seagal, both, uh, in these early movies, he is always really Catholic. Like when he walks into the church, uh, even mm-hmm. Pam Grew looks at him like, what the fuck are you doing? He walks in the church and he reaches over to the <laughs> holy water and, and crosses himself. But later on, Seagal ditches all that shit and he become a hardcore Buddhist. So, you oh, know, he's always
1: spiritual side, motherfucker.
5: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's see. Uh, the the uh, I know they were doing some parallels here Because that's one thing that in, in the, the Verne book He always talks about how Seagal Always uh, puts in his uh, Like a lot of political views In this yeah. And at this time was when A lot of the uh, shit in Nicaragua Was going down with the CIA uh, And El Salvador was before this But still, when I saw the scene Where they are in church Now I thought it was fucking stupid They're following these people, uh, these drug dealers and who knows what, and and they follow them into this church. And, of course, it happens to be Seagal's fucking church. And when the the priest comes up to Seagal and Pam Greer, or Jax and Nico, and he's like – Hey, Nico, what are you doing? How come you don't come to church anymore? When's the last time you went to confession? Now, if you were following these bad guys who you thought were going to like kill somebody or something, wouldn't you be like, hey, father, you know, just listen, ixnay on the stupid shit. I need to go follow these guys. <laughs> They're just like, they just totally, like Nico doesn't want to offend father whatever the douchebag's name is. So they just get caught up in this and... But the scene where they're in the church, because the father shames Nico into coming to church. You need to bring your, you know, you need to come to church, Nico. Hey, I'm a, I'm a family man now. I don't have nothing to confess. And um, but when they do the thing, when they, when whatever happens happens in the church. I don't want to give it away. Uh, yep. It reminded me of like when you watch uh, Salvador, the Oliver Stone movie. Uh, With Archbishop Romero and some of the shit that happened there. Except it's taking... They're they're bringing the death squads to America. Um, So that was kind of neat that they have some uh, undertones. Not even undertones. It's right in your face. Uh, Yeah, he
1: actually says Nicaragua.
5: Yeah. Nico's arms are like hanging salamis. I already said that. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Oh, there's a guy. Okay, now first of all, the drug dealers hang out at a at a uh, really high-end, classy bar restaurant, but it's called Bogota. Now, imagine that. Someone (laughs) from Bogota and cocaine? What? No, There's a a guy in there. Seagal goes back to this place. That's the place that they went to at first when Pam Gurr had on the big parachute-like outfit and looked like shit. Um, But he walks in, and everybody's scared to death of him. It's like... The, he had beaten up everybody in the bar, and then he'd go back later, and they're all like, oh, shit, oh, shit. He walks through the fucking kitchen of this place, and everybody that's holding the knife holds it up like, oh, my God. And they're <laughs> like, he's going to start attacking them, or they're going to attack him. But this one dude, he walks out, and the guy's got a black eye. So I assume he must have been either
3: – It's the guy have, from the from his niece uh, that he beat, and beat up in the beginning. So oh, is
5: that who that was? Uh, oh. Just, he had Ace Ventura – fucking hair. That's, Did uh, you notice that fucking hair? Like it his hair was if he had it combed straight down, it would have been like down to his shoulders. But he had it like puffed like Ace Ventura. I swear to god it was so puffed up. It looked like a giant fucking ducktail that like somebody from the B52s would wear. Love Shack baby, Steven Seagal. Anyway, um let's
3: see. I think there's What's a lot on? of hair greed in this movie. Oh god. Seagal's
5: hair is just I'm surprised Seagal didn't have like a uh, what was the the movie with uh, Soul Glow, where the <laughs>
1: Coming the dip- to America, <laughs> yeah, the
5: dippity looks <laughs> dup- <laughs> dripping all over the guy's jacket? Sigal's hair is just ringing with fucking grease. Yeah. Um, I, I had a note here that says a lot. Uh, everybody in here looks like Jerry Seinfeld, uh, <laughs> and my friend Frank, who has a big bushy mustache. Um, let's see. Okay, <laughs> see, my mustache Seagal's- is so
1: frizzy today.
5: Sigol's jeans are atrocious. I hate those fucking straight leg fucking jeans. The uh, dad jeans. Yeah, uh, the the bartender guy who is known in the uh, Ronnie Baron is known in the um, the titles at the end of the fucking movie as CIA bartender. Now, was he what? actually in the CIA? Because the thing, I think you,
1: he was in the mafia.
5: Well, but the thing that confuses everybody is this: he's in the bar, he's the stupid oh. bartender with the loud mouth that says stupid shit. Like, he comes in and he's doing all this outer space kind of shit. He's sending my men into orbit. But then at <laughs> the end, he's with Henry Silva, Zagon, yeah, Henry Silva. So, but he is. It's it's he's known as CIA bartender. I don't know if that was his hmm. name, and CIA is just an acronym. Uh, I'll see. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, I like when the one guy, the one cop. Uh, there, there are several people in this that if they aren't real ex Chicago cops, I'm I'm pretty sure there was several because they weren't, they didn't weren't very good actors, but they looked like old fat detectives that you know, like a Dennis Farina kind of guy. Except Dennis Farina actually looked good compared to some of these guys. Yeah. Um, he, the one guy tells <laughs> Nico, he goes. So he he tells Nico he goes they took the, uh, so they took away Nico's oh no he didn't say this, but my note says they took away Nico's pistola because he says did they take away your, I, or I see they took away your pistola and he gives Nico <laughs> um, now I read in the facts about this that Seagal personally picked all the weapons known in this uh, used in this movie oh, nice he's, he's a gun nut for sure. Uh, it's because he trained the CIA in how to use guns. I almost... Guns, I guess. What's that?
3: I think he invented guns.
5: I think he did. He, he, <laughs> I, I, I did watch Steven Seagal Law Band and he knows how to take apart a gun, put it together and shoot and everything. And I almost started watching it today, but I figured I better take a nap because I actually do have to work tonight. Um, he we'll does look, He
1: does look good firing a gun. Like he might, look, mm-hmm. sh- he might look shitty running, but he looks good when he fires a gun.
5: Yeah, he looks like he knows what he's doing. Um, Nico is the only person that can disarm seven guys who are holding machine guns on him. There's there's like seven guys. He he goes out and gets in his car, and these guys come around the back of an ice cream truck and just start – and they just fucking plow his entire car, just fucking destroy it. But he climbs out the – Passenger seat because I guess bullets don't go like all the way through, and he's so skinny he, and and greasy hair that he turns sideways and the bullets slip off. But he comes around. They all have automatic, fully automatic weapons pointing straight at him, and he has a pistol <laughs> in his hand. And he goes, "Everybody, drop your fucking
3: guns, put them on the ground," and they all drop their guns. And he shoots them you know, afterwards. He shoots an unarmed yeah, he yeah. he's above the law.
5: He's the only one above the law. He's not above the law. <laughs> well, no, they're not above his law. <laughs> his law. Let's see. Um, uh, he Seagal destroys. Uh, uh, <laughs> they. He takes all those guys for no reason into a. I guess it would. Was it like a Hindi? Convenience store with a stereotypical
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
5: guy. Rent- it's, it's the truth. I mean, he's like, I'm surprised the guy didn't say, Welcome. <laughs> do, 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 do. do you want a slurpee? Or it's sl- like the guy on fucking uh, uh, The Simpsons. Simpsons yeah. And not only that, but they make him act real clownish. So, I mean, it's not hard to say that it was a pretty gross stereotype. They should have had the old guy that got pissed off at you at the fucking store. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a goddamn gas station. But the only reason that Seagal disarms these seven, seven guys, he shoots one of them that doesn't even have a gun in the chest just to show that he means business, as they say in Texas. And then he takes them all into this convenience store for only one reason – To beat the fucking shit out of all of them and destroy the convenience store.
1: And run, like, shoulder tackle a dude and run straight through a window and land on his feet while the other dude goes tumbling. I do not
5: understand why he decided to (laughs) smash that guy through the window like that. Because you're taking a chance of getting, like, cut, like, really badly. But anyway, it's sicko. Another thing that they do in this movie that's kind of cool is you see Silva at the beginning and he or Zagon and he's this this real badass torture or whatever. And then you don't see him for Jesus Christ, probably an hour. And then he returns. And he's a little bit older, and he just looks like a skeleton in a suit.
1: <laughs> my, <laughs> my favorite fucking line of his is when Seagal badmouths him during in Vietnam and he turns around and he's like, Who
6: the fuck is this cherry? <laughs> <laughs>
5: cherry. Yeah. And later on <laughs> I I, I watch this. And I was watching it from my iPad to my TV. And this is one of those really bad ones that one second it's it's like Seagal's talking and you can it's loud. But then the next second uh, Silva's talking and I had my T V turned up to one hundred, which is as loud as it'll go. I could barely hear what he was saying, and I'm like, What the fuck's he saying? But he was calling even after all those years. Now say he was in they were in Cambodia in at the latest Seventy four, seventy five. Fucking, he's still calling Seagal Cherry. Who's this Cherry motherfucker? Uh, he's still calling him <laughs> that when he's getting ready to torture him and shit, which I thought was funny. Uh, let's see. <laughs>
1: 35 years later. And I, th-
5: I swear <laughs> to God, I think Oh, Silva wait, no,
1: no. <laughs> 73, never mind. Yeah. Seven, or, uh, 15 <laughs> years later. Jesus Christ. Math. I don't, I
5: don't think that they, I don't think Silva was actually given lines. I think that he just said this shit.
1: Alright, we had a Skype disconnect. Go ahead, sorry.
5: Okay, one thing I will say that, okay, I did have a note that says that Silva looks like a hundred-year-old mannequin and he should have played Kramer's dad on Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> now, um, I will say this, and this <laughs> fucking shocked me because I haven't seen this in so long. Seagal fucking cries in this movie. Mm-hmm. When something happens, well, I don't want to say what happens, but something happens and he goes off by himself, and he's looking at this like 8x10 picture, and I look and he's fucking got tears running down his face, either that or it's the shit from his hair uh, but it was pretty fucking <laughs> cool uh, does anybody I mean, that's the,
1: the Armin, just- Armin, do you want to fill in some stuff here?
3: Uh, yeah, just uh, one thing I found really impressive is that he can uh, actually sniff C4 explosives, so they find the explosive in the, in the car engines <laughs> there's a little uh, bit of it like, and I know what it yeah. sounds
4: like when it goes off
3: goes off, yeah, he knows, he knows exactly what he's talking about. And uh, also thought, uh, one guy you uh, uh, mentioned, not by name, but I found he really, uh, r- looks really like a cop, but is a non-actor, Is I think Joseph Kosala, he plays the lieutenant, and I think he's only in a couple of other um, guys, by, uh, movies by the same director, by, by um, Andrew Davis. So he always plays a cop, so he has this, uh, has this small the mustache look. and the glasses, he looks oh, yeah, really not like an actor at all, so yeah. Really like a normal guy on the street.
1: And what was his name?
3: Uh, Joseph Kosala, I think. Okay. I think he has only a couple of credits. Like, he was uh, in The Fugitive. Okay. And yeah, exactly. He really looks like a cop or like an insurance guy or something. So, an yeah. <laughs>
5: <The> insurance guy. <laughs> he looks like somebody's uncle, you know.
3: Yeah, like a uncle. <laughs> and uh, I thought the, the Savano guy, the, the first drug dealer with a, with a great mullet, he looked a bit to me like Al Pacino in his early days because he's oh, also... Yes. The small
5: he, he, he kind of reminded me of uh, like he was trying to ch- to uh, channel uh, Tony Montana a little bit yeah. and uh, yeah. a cross between him and Carlito's way, you know. Yeah.
3: Daniel Farado.
1: So here. who do you guys think was more desperately hanging on to their hair at the beginning of the movie, Seagal or Silva?
5: <laughs> I, I don't think Silva. I think Silva, his hair is like doll hair.
1: It's always the same. And they're both pretty they're both pretty shiny on the top, I'd say that. Uh, uh,
5: it, but at least uh, it looks I was going to say it looks natural, but it doesn't it looks natural for a mannequin. It looks like <laughs> mannequin hair.
3: <laughs> but, but the amazing thing is, ha- his hair look, looks much thicker later when he comes in with gray hair, like fifty. <laughs>
1: yeah. Minutes, uh, <laughs> After they hair. put the heavy spray paint in it it, it, it bulked it up a little. Maybe the jungle moisture or something. That, uh, <laughs>
3: <That's what I> <laughs>
5: <done>. <laughs> he got enough money from the from working in the Golden Triangle to get those hair plugs that he always wore. Exactly. Yeah. Cigar got some shitty plugs, man. Jesus Christ.
3: That's a, a great website with a many, many uh, different hairpiece forms or different plug forms over the years of Cigar, starting with Nico and ending uh, nowadays. <laughs> because his widow's peak gets more and more expressive and more aggressive, so it really looks yes. like a The off. thing about
5: – I will say this, and I looked up that uh, Daniel, Daniel uh, Feraldo, who, like you said, played the, 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 the uh, drug dealer that looks kind of like Al Pacino – he he's got to be sixty some years old now, and it's the exact same thing with Seagal. With him, when you look at these guys, and you're when you're in your sixties, and like Ronald Reagan, and you don't have one goddamn gray hair, and your hair is pitch fucking black, it looks stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's too dark. You're too old to have hair that dark.
3: Doesn't fit. do <laughs> uh,
1: you have anything else?
3: Uh, yeah, also like a uh, couple of the side actors, like I really liked, although it's a very small role, uh, the the mafia uncle uh, Uncle Branca, who has the great mustache, Jack Wallace. Yeah, so, uh, older guy, but apparently still alive according to IMDb, so he must be also in his eighties or something.
5: That's this was the, a fucking mustache movie, that's for sure. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
5: and not cool mustaches either, old man mustaches. Yes,
3: thick <laughs> and shiny. Uh, and there's. Um, what is this other guy? Yeah, Chelsea Ross. I also like. Uh, I like him a lot, mostly in his uh, Betty role in uh, what's the Bruce Willis movie about football? Uh, last Man's Not Last minutes, I think. Uh, yeah. Last Boy Scout. <sighs> Tony, Scott, Tony Scott. Tony Scott. Football. Friday Nights. That was B- Last Boy Scout. Last Boy Scout. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. So uh, I like him a lot in these uh, these more smaller uh, Betty roles, and um, yeah, I thought that's um, uh, good good side casting. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> to, be, to be honest, there are one or two, th- two scenes where Seagal tries to show us a bit of uh, emotion or like, like getting worked up a bit when he blows his cheeks. Uh, yes, you have two scenes where he really pumps up his cheeks and then you know, okay, in the next uh, couple of minutes something is happening. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <good thing. laughs> Shit's going to go down, motherfucker. Yes, and he will break some arms. Oh, yeah. Did he actually hear that oh. he, he uh, accidentally broke uh, Sean Connery's wrist during uh, um, uh, filming uh, say Never Say Never, so he was a martial arts uh, supervisor or something?
1: Well, it doesn't and surprise he a- me. And he tried to attack Good James, who was going to be on this show. Well, <laughs> He could he, have had a good story there.
5: There's a, there's a legendary story, because Seagal, I almost said Silva, Seagal's never been on this show, but um, this... Um, as a guy, his family was professional wrestling. They ran professional wrestling in California, Gene LaBelle. If you look up Gene LaBelle in IMDb, he's been in a million fucking movies. He was in the Stallone prison movie, uh, just a bunch of shit, all kinds of TV stuff and everything. But he was a like a, an Olympic uh, judo guy. He was in I think the Olympics. He was a AAU champion and everything. But he's been in a fucking shitload of movies as a stunt man, as a bad guy, and all this nap. Um and he was on the set of I can't remember which movie. It was a Seagal movie. And Labelle is known for uh putting people in the fucking sleeper hold. The real sleeper hold where you know you cut off the carotid artery, the guy passes out. <laughs> well he used to do these demonstrations, and if you get on YouTube and look up Gene LaBelle's sleeper hold, there's some on there where he'll he'll put out like twelve guys. Uh, you know, he'll, they're not attacking him. He'll just go over and put him in there, make him pass out. Next one, next one, next one. <laughs> and one of his funny gimmicks was is that he would put somebody out, and then as soon as they were unconscious, he would take he would grab a cup of water and throw it on the guy's crotch, <laughs> and make him think that they pissed their <laughs> pants. So um Seagal, I guess had like Orman said was known for hurting people on movie sets like with uh showing of demonstrations cuz he's kind of a dick um and with his ego and everything and he had hurt some people and the legendary story and now Jean LaBelle won't even really talk about this he'll just kind of say that something happened blah 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 but he said that uh there that that there was some kind of a deal where Uh, Seagal said that he couldn't put it on him because he knew how to get out of it or everything, and LaBelle put him in the fucking sleeper hold and fucking knocked him out unconscious. Nice. And then they, there's people that said, "Well, he made Seagal piss his pants," which he probably. I've seen the one of the clips. They used to always say how he'd make people piss his pants, but what he would do is throw a cup of water on their crotch. So he might have done that <laughs> to Seagal just to be a you know because Seagal was being a dick. But there's there's a couple of books. Uh, one of them is called the Meanest – I think the meanest man alive, uh, Judo Jean Labelle, and he's hilarious. He's not mean at all. He's funny. Uh, you know everybody loves Jean Labelle, and everybody. Hates Stephen Skull. So I guess I think that says something.
3: Yeah. I've made um, one more one, 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 one tiny detail, oh, uh, which which is also on the IMDb uh, mistakes catalog. Uh, somewhere in the, in the middle of the movie, like around uh, minute 44 45, uh, there's a nice mistake where um, Pam Greer is is visiting one of the bodies in the morgue, which is the the blonde guy who looks suspiciously around in the church before the thing happens that we cannot mention. Right. (laughs) He's in the the morgue, and uh, the the, uh, morgue guy hands her his his wallet, and there's uh, just this identity card which just has his name and some uh, some aid to it. So it's just signed as an aid, and then she immediately says, oh, he's an aid to Senator Harrison. There's no Senator Harrison on this on this card anywhere, so that's uh, <laughs> a very weird uh, conclusion there. But uh, anyway, it helps to go forward with this uh, amazing plot.
1: Oh, well. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny. I was certain, so I was surprised to find that I didn't actually have this DVD because I, I had sworn I had bought this and seen it before. I totally think I was confusing it with fucking Alfred <laughs> Justice yeah. the whole time. Uh, I've never seen this, so... Really?! Um, Really? I thought I thought I had and I've probably I've seen all of his other early movies more than once and for some reason this is one I'd never seen. I think yes. I it was either confusing this one with the one with uh, the chick from Weird Science or the one yeah. with the dark yeah. cover where it's a full could. body shot with the long your, black coat.
5: Now that really was not like me being stupid. Your I thought, like when you said that you watched stripes but you had only watched like the first thirty <laughs> minutes of and for like 20 years thought you saw the whole thing. Yeah. Some of your, I thoughts or whatever, just (laughs) fucking amaze me. They're, they're awesome.
1: Well, the next one too, I thought I'd seen all of the mechanic and I'd only seen the first little bit of it. (laughs) So that's my, that's how I roll. But, um, (laughs) the, uh, the, uh, I like that this film, it's, it's, I like that, I appreciate the grittiness of it. I like that dudes, like, even if Seagal's hitting them or they're getting shot, they hit the floor hard. There's okay. not a lot of the getting shot and like wagging your arms around like noodles before you fall. Um, like a dude gets shot and it's like f- splat onto the ground. Um, his hits look brutal. I don't know if I'd want to be as one of his stuntmen, especially then, because he probably fucking really chops them in the neck. But, um, something about this movie didn't click with me. Like, I felt like I kind of, I don't know, something about it meandered at times. Like, I I, I liked it fine, but...
4: It's kind of long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and something, I don't know, something, the parts of it were a little boring for me. I I loved when Silva was on the screen, but he just wasn't on it enough Mm -hmm. because he was very sweaty, and, like, I loved his profanity and just how angry he was, but he just wasn't in it enough, I think. And there's a, I love the bit in the, the, Parking garage with the car running through the wall that was pretty oh, yeah. that was That's pretty great. awesome That's really cool. that was a good stunt so um but we can get into our ratings here Zom do you want to go first
5: oh this one uh probably give uh, a seven straight up seven it's it's uh it's good it's like you said it's kind of long. I wish it had more Silva because it's just hilarious and great to watch him uh try mm-hmm. and act human. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has wires in there somewhere, uh, but it's it's uh, and it's fun to watch just because it's the first Seagal movie. Uh, but it's not great. He has a certain charisma. Eh, it, but it's it's a good movie. I I, I like yeah. it. I re- I remember people just fucking thinking he was going to. I mean, the next big thing, and that he was the shit because uh, you know he was just different. I think it was just because he was just different.
1: Yeah, exactly. he's definitely yeah, brought cool. a new new face to it. The, the style of martial art was that's not very flashy, but looks fucking serious. I, I like yeah, that. So, Armin, us. what did you think?
3: Uh, I would say uh, due to the slightly too convoluted plot for my taste, but in combination with exactly what you said, that he brought something new to the scene and uh, his kind of charisma. But then I thought also. Uh, he's a bit too much convinced of himself and the fact that he has to talk like three different languages just for no Italian and Spanish and uh, whatever uh, (laughs) that he's all things to all people and I mean this um, I can give this only like about a 6.5 that's the highest i can go and to be honest i i more or less like all the early early um, maybe the first four or five uh, cigar movies for entertainment purpose but uh, i think my favorite might be not this one but uh, marked for death because it has the it's the crazy jamaican gang and uh, Keith Davis and, uh, it's it's a bit more entertaining and not that conduit. yeah yeah I I
1: think I like, it's, I, i'm i'm go ahead no.
5: i was gonna say i think it's funny that uh cdr actually uh when he's talking about a Seagull movie, he's like, "I don't, I don't mind the movie. The movie's okay and everything, but I know so much about Steven Seagal that I just can't get past the fact that he's a fucking asshole, and that <laughs> he just hates him so much that he,
4: yeah, you know, <laughs> It ruins
1: that. the movies. I, I'm with Armin. I give it a six and a half as well. Um, I'm, I was honestly surprised when I started watching this. I was like, because I was, exp- I was waiting for, and now at the beginning of one of his movies, there's a the the Convenience store scene is like the opening scene, right?
5: Uh no. And, and the uh, the uh, convenience store scene is the opening and out for justice.
1: That's okay, that's what I was confusing it with because I was like it it started and there was no convenience store. I'm like what the fuck? The convenience store <laughs> I was so confused. This
5: takes place after he disarms yeah, the yeah. guys with the machine guns, yeah.
1: But um but yeah, it's a 6.5 for me. It's solid but uh yeah, the the plot gets a little too much for the type of movie it is, so it's just trying to do too much. And but yeah, it's always funny to laugh at Steven Seagal, the uh, the man that everyone can look up to. So because uh, he can disarm, and he's a genius, and uh, a master of martial arts, and well traveled, and fucking, he can probably cook. No as well.
5: one, no one loves. Oh, he can. No one loves <laughs> fucking Steven Seagal more than Steven Seagal. I'm yeah, yeah. With
1: that cool. Uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and do uh, a Dolph starred and directed film The Mechanic we'll be right back
4: son it's time we have a talk about what dad
5: well son pretty soon you want to look at naked girls some movies have lots of naked girls and things that make you feel strange
0: like
6: Sasha
5: Grey videos. <laughs> oh, you've got to start off slow, son. Save the triple penetration gangbangs for when you get old and miserable. Savor the sight of bare breasts from a bygone era before they were a Google away.
6: Supper time, you two. And remember, no incestuous ruffies or rapey pink films until after dinner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the trashy trio covering euro sleaze japanese pink films american roughies or any other sordid entertainment that comes their way the trashy trio a podcast to listen to while alone with headphones on and probably in your closet
5: under some covers
1: Uh, thank you, Alan, for that one. Um, the mechanic. Zom, would you like to uh, synopsize?
5: Oh, yes. Uh, yes, the mechanic. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, let's see. The mechanic. <laughs>
1: you got it? You need me to. Okay. Yes, no, 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 it. no, 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 <laughs> okay. I, 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 okay. no,
4: no.
5: I was reading about something. I don't know what the hell I was reading about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ okay, you no. oh,
1: a, If you click on it there's a, The second one's shorter
6: okay. Nick Chernenko Used to be Spesna, Russian special forces But now He lives peaceful life With wife and child
5: Far from violence <laughs> of war When his wife and children
6: Die in crossfire of Gang war Nikola seeks vengeance waking up the soldier inside himself wait a minute
5: i'm going fucking uh wait okay <laughs> uh, and he's just uh, he must score you
1: got to talk like uh like ivan koloff um all right so the mechanic uh, much better name than the the russian specialist horseshit name um although i guess he is a russian specialist um and this is another one like as I said earlier I must have started this at some point and never finished because I thought this was the movie where he rescue he's out to rescue a chick but she ends up being like super annoying like which one am I thinking of
5: that one was oh fuck was that uh Icarus uh or the killing machine Maybe
1: maybe a killing machine i can't remember but i th- that one i was not a huge fan of um this one i must have started but i think i turned it off after the initial scene for whatever reason not because it was bad i just didn't finish it anyway um so from watching his two you know i watched command performance last week and then and then this one you it's funny you 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 see so this uh, like, uh, this is dolph Lundgren's second directorial effort um and I was reading on the IMDb that uh, New Image, who did um, the first movie he directed as well, which was... Do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. I cannot find it. The Defender, which I haven't seen. Um, yeah. They had certain criteria set. They they agreed, oh yeah, we'll do your second movie, but you have to use uh basically property that we own, which I guess is then the very... poor areas of bulgaria or wherever this is yeah um and uh that the um the story has to be like written as such and you know he he wrote it after knowing where it was going to be filmed so that that changed what the story was but anyway um so he uh you know watching his that command performance in this one um and i'm curious to see uh his other ones as well the uh Diamond Dogs, which I have seen, which I don't really remember details of. Missionary nope. Man, which I own. The one you Killing were Machine. Of,
5: I think, is Direct Contact, because on the co- box cover art, he's got like the band, the shotgun bandolier. It almost looks like, like a, something from this movie. And it's yeah, a, that one yeah, I, d- I wasn't a huge
1: fan of. And then he and directed also the um, Killing Machine, which I, I'm pretty sure I've seen. But that's these two. Ha- yeah, sense. haven't yeah. seen these recently. There's some there's some uh, flourishes of his, and I don't know if it's due to his his cinematographer or for like if it's his choices. But he he loves bursts of slow motion, <laughs> lots of that in this. He loves the uh, the fading to black uh, screen transition, like going from one not, not even it's even in the same scene. It'll be like a guy talking, then it'll fade to black briefly before it shows the exact same scene. And um, I'm curious to see if he ever does any kind of action movie without some, at least one person getting shot in the head and their blood, their brains like spraying on the wall behind them. He seems to like that one too. Yep. Anyway, so um, he he's introduced as um, I think Dolph might take the uh, take the lead of all action stars who are f- former ex special forces, <laughs> but um, he's working in this dusty little village. In Somewhere in Russia. And um, introduced, he's an ex-paratrooper. Uh, he was in, uh, fighting in Afghanistan back in the 80s. And um, I was wondering, right when they said he was Spetsnaz, or however you say that, that uh, if he used the, uh, the fold-up spades as weapons also, <laughs> he just started carrying those. He um,
6: them. He learned this from uh, the Russian Zidar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or from, from William Smith.
6: Yes, he, um, was, he was, he was, uh, William Smith conditioned him to go fight uh, the, uh, what's his name?
3: <laughs> Mike
1: Danton.
6: a Pryor.
3: Now, the, <laughs> no, the spade <laughs> never runs out of bullets.
1: Never runs out of bullets. So, um, you have to be able
3: to
5: carry at least 40 of them.
3: <laughs> you have to be a bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, he, he, you have to have loops all the way down your pant legs. You got to be seven feet tall so they don't drag on the ground. <laughs> okay, and... <right>. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because if you have forty of them, you are going to run out of space around your waist. You got to roll. You got to roll them down your legs, and they'd be dragging Not on the ground if they get.
6: waist, like the dove. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: So he works as a mechanic, and his boss, I guess, is a crack or cocaine dealer as well. Oddly, I don't know where he gets it. Being in this crappy little town, but he's buying it from somebody and selling it to a bigger guy, Sasha, and uh, Sasha. Is um he's a good heel. He, yeah, he uh, he's gross. Yeah, he's played by. He looks who like is this guy
5: from uh, the Popeye movie with Robin. Warkin. Yeah,
1: Ivan Petrushinov. Um, yeah he he's cast very well. Um, he's fat and he's greasy and he's ugly. He's a, and bear. He he's gets, a bear. he's a bear, and he gets this giant scar on his face. Oh. Um, but um.
6: Why does why does Nicola's boss make him wear such stupid hat when he is mechanic?
1: That was his Spetsnaz hat. Yep.
6: That that white hat? It looked like a
5: fucking like he was a cook, except it had fucking. No, it was wax camo.
1: Wax. It was like a camo little army hat.
5: I thought it was white.
1: No, it was camouflaged.
5: Uh, I thought it was white and it had black grease all over. It. I thought he looked like a cook from like a short order cook.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it does. It's I'll like you know the army it. hat that they they fold up their army hat and they put it in their belt when they're not wearing it. It's that or the oh. na- maybe like maybe it's the navy. Uh, yeah, that's what I it was.
4: was. I was fucking wrong. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I didn't
4: see it in my YouTube uh,
3: copy, so I wasn't sure about it. But it looked a bit. Yeah,
1: the YouTube is a little little hazy. Um, no, that's what but, I watched. Uh, okay, <laughs> but uh, there's a sasha's kind of he he's sick of paying money, i guess for his drugs, so he just blows the the guy that owns the garage away i mean yeah Jesus. fucking a and um he <laughs> he um, it draws attention, obviously, because everybody, uh, it's time for dinner. Uh, and uh, Nikola is supposed to be going home for dinner. And his son's coming and coming and come and get him, but he decides to stop at the bar and drink instead. <laughs> he's like, get the hell out of here, go home. Um, but they hear the gunshot and they go out, and there becomes this giant shootout because, you know, he's Sasha's Sasha shoots that guy, and then the cops show up. I don't know where they came from, but it turns into this huge sh- shootout. Everybody gets shot, and we learn in a flashback in just a little while that his son is backed over by a car, and his wife is shot in the street, running like a lunatic towards whatever, and uh, <laughs> she so and then and, and and Dolph has gone completely apeshit, and he's gone all he's paratrooped the hell out of all the drug dealers, except for Dun Dun Dum ah. Sasha. Yeah, so he he shoots Sasha in the face, but uh, you still see his eyeball moving, so you know he's not quite dead. Amazing. But there's a there's a there's a pretty gruesome knife sinking into somebody's neck scene in that, and uh, yeah, so you just get a little flash of him just tracking down these guys, killing them all, or at least he thought, and then he uh, flees the country. We get seven years later, and he's in L.A. And that's kind of where the the story now picks up. You've you've set the character. You've given him reason to do to to feel as he does, um, but he's still a mechanic, and now he works in Los Angeles. And uh, he, um, well, we'll just say he doesn't need any goddamn sleeves on his coveralls. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he tore those things off promptly. Um, and it says, what does it say? It says Nick on one side. What would the the patch on the other? Is like service service technician or something like that. So, just in case you didn't know,
6: some stupid asshole's window fell down in his Honda. Is it a wrestling thing? It needs window fixed before he drive home.
1: Yeah, he doesn't want his head blown off on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this limo or whatever shows up, and this. Uh, One one percenter lady has uh, hired some kind of PI. And uh, I don't know how these guys figure this out. They have a floppy disk, apparently, because floppy disks were still around in 2005. Yes. Um, And they have his complete file. They know exactly who he is, and they need help um, getting her her daughter back from uh, being kidnapped back in Russia. And they've offered him $500,000, but also threatened him with... Ex- deportation, I guess, because they're like, "Oh, we know you're here illegally, too." And he's like, "Well, fucking a." He still doesn't really want to do it. Then they show they show him a picture of who has kidnapped the daughter, and it's uh, Sasha. Sasha. Yeah. Can
6: I, can I say I something? Swear. Go ahead. Sorry.
3: Yeah. Because <laughs> I noticed the the photo of um, Julia Abramov <laughs> was so silly looking. That I checked it; it's exactly her IMDb photo. So it's <laughs> it's terrible. Well, <laughs> it's <also laughs> nice. Like an idiot.
6: <laughs> as soon as soon as um, they said that uh, you must go find daughter of Mister Abramoff, <laughs> and I started thinking of Red Scorpion and who
5: financed that, which was Jack Abramoff, th- who is a fucking complete and total piece of shit. So obviously him and Dolph or whoever <laughs> the fuck made this must have been sucking Jack Abramoff's balls so they could use all the money that he stole to make these fucking movies. Could be. It has to be. Why would they use the name? Okay, fucking. He financed Abramoff. Red Scorpion. Yeah. And the fucking guy's that's daughter is kidnapped or whatever. in this is named Mr.
6: Abramoff. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> and Jack Abramov. We use his money that he steals from stupid American capitalists.
1: <laughs> Cuts um, the- they uh, they. I just lost track totally.
6: Um, okay,
1: <laughs> so they send off to Russia. Um, they've agreed to pay him. Now I don't know exactly the money situation because they agree to pay him five hundred thousand dollars. They give him two hundred fifty thousand dollars up front, but I think he has to share this with like eight other people or some shit.
6: <laughs> yeah, because he gets there and
1: they're like, "Where's the money?" Like he's supposed to bring their money. And they he's didn't
3: like, tell him it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I brought
6: that. He's like, hey, five hundred thousand dollars
5: sounds good to me. And then he shows up and he's got like twenty other. Hey, you're supposed to pay us, right?
3: I thought he's a, Dolph is a very decent guy because the blackmail sum was like five million, and he gets five hundred thousand, but has to share. Yeah, it with other guys. Uh,
5: they, I would have been like, you can at least <laughs> just give me a million.
3: But they know he's doing it for the revenge, right? So he, uh, well, then when he well, said, yeah, once uh, he learns uh, to Sasha.
5: He says, I work alone. I thought it was because, you know, he just wanted to get Sasha by himself. But actually, he just was like, fuck, I ain't
6: splitting up all this cash. (laughs) I need sleeves (laughs) for my coveralls. (laughs) (laughs) No, I need more sleeveless
1: coveralls.
6: (laughs) To show off the muscles of my Frankensteinish body. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he's not super old in this yet. I mean,
5: okay. No. yeah, he's kind of middle. You know, he still looks pretty good, but he still fucking runs like he's got some bad knees. He's old,
3: yeah. uh, running like an old man.
1: Yeah, R- running is not his, uh, not his strong suit here. That's um, uh, like do a connection Between
3: the... the two movies, running is not their strong
1: side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I will Guys, say this: action Seagal, stars who can't run.
5: Segal runs like a pterodactyl or whatever, but he run. He ran pretty <laughs> fast. Dolph. Yeah, he was. Fast. Dolph is not fast.
1: <laughs> He's, he he lumbers a bit, yeah, um, and uh, uh, but but thankfully they, they, he he hides it well. Like he only he only really runs around once near the very end, and most of it most of this is gunfire too. So he yeah. you know back when he was younger he the martial arts looked good. They got a little slower, obviously a um, oh, little. <laughs> so he doesn't his hand to hand in like, this is it's.
5: Whoa. That's why he puts so much slow motion in his fucking movies. It's not slow motion effect, it's just him. <laughs> they um but
4: the
1: they 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 send him off they, they tell him his contact is this drunk British asshole and, um, <laughs> and that he has to go and I guess he gets his weapons from him, and this guy knows uh, where What's the this? woman is being held.
3: What's that? He knows prostitutes. <laughs> he does. He
1: definitely knows prostitutes. Uh, you're not even worth this whatever's in this stack of money, you whore. Um, but he's still in love with her. That's, a, that's the way you talk to them. You know how they are. Um, so <laughs> You have to
5: talk to them that way.
1: They keep coming back. But uh, – He's a total drunk, but I love when he comes home and Dolph has already broken into his house and um, picks him up off the floor. He's like, take whatever you want, I'm taking a nap. And he just he picks him up by his fucking collar and tosses him yeah. in the shower with his fucking clothes on. That was pretty good.
3: But he makes some coffee, at
1: least. He does make some coffee in a very old-school little coffee pot. Yep. I don't know what those little things are called, but I guess you have to boil them on the stove.
5: Espresso he, exactly. he loved his toque, too. He wore his fucking little
1: cap. Yeah, he, he wore that the whole movie. Um... But, um, you know, Dolph wants to just roll into this place. Like, he, it's funny that you said that because I said he just wants to roll in like Frankenstein. <laughs> he wants to. <laughs> this poor dude thought Dolph was just going to go scope out the joint. And he fucking just like murders one dude right in there on the street, <laughs> beats up the other two with a. And this is the first oh, time you fun. see it, too. He kicks the dude right in the balls. And, and this, uh, there's a lot of dick trauma in this movie uh, because.
5: You know, he wears like a size 15 <laughs> fucking steel toed boot, too. Like <laughs> giant, <laughs> kicks he kicks
1: screen. that dude. He stabs one dude in the in the dick, um, in the stairs. He stabs him right in the nuts, and then like I'm lucky. Luckily, that one wasn't in slow motion like the next stab was. That might have been even worse. One dude. This woman shoots this one guy repeatedly in the balls. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's
5: like <laughs> I think she dudes yet, are always crazy. getting.
1: <laughs> yeah, always, dudes are always getting ball trauma in this one. But um, he um. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Uh I said pretty sure he just stabbed the dude in the dick. There you go. I already said it. There. Um there's uh there, there's a real there's a real red flag of um in this of a uh, of a low budget film is there's this giant machine gun fight in an alley. And when the car is making an escape outside, just as people like strolling around, not even paying attention. They're so used
4: to so much fucking gunfire. They're like, yeah, I
1: don't care. I don't care where you live. If there's fucking machine gun fire a block away, I don't, I still don't think you're going to be like, you know, Oh, why is this car riding off? I don't understand. Well, but that was pretty fun. But, um, I love i you know what a little a little touch which i i am glad they they put in here, Sasha, when you start this movie, um sasha's a you know he's he's a very low rent gangster he's in the dirty village and he uh he he does he's just gotten a new car, everybody's mentioning. Like, oh, you got yourself a new car. Looks Looks good, comrade. Um, he, uh, <laughs> but now he's been, he's been upgraded when you see him the seven years later because he's wearing this, he's wearing a nice suit. He's got this fucking like run DMC gold chain. <laughs> he wears no tie, just a gold chain. And his collar's popped. He, he owns a club. Um, well, did you, did you catch the name of the club? I missed it because when you said Bogota, I was like, wait, was the club named that too? well <laughs> no, but I like him. But but yeah, he he. Uh, it's a it's like a, a dance club, a Euro Trash dance hall slash whorehouse, and um, <laughs> but yeah, so they they upgraded him nice, and his his scar looked pretty fucking horrific. So that was good. Um, and then and then you see, there's some uh, there's. I don't know. They they don't they don't go into a lot into the the woman they're trying to rescue. You don't really get to know her all that well, which I, I guess I'm happy about because a lot of the times the cliche in these movies is for that the the person being rescued, like I said with the other one, to either be an annoying asshole or the opposite, fall in love with the guy rescuing them.
5: I thought it was going to be a little kid.
1: No, no, yeah, this is uh, she's like
5: thirty.
6: Do you think uh, this is kinda like what's his name stole this fucking movie. Um What is the guy, big Irish guy with big nose and big dick? Take oh Yeah, it is it is kinda of like set taken. of skills, motherfuck
1: <laughs> The um but uh I like I liked the scene a lot when the one uh the one prostitute was telling her like it's gonna be her first time and she's like just find a place on the ceiling, a clean place, and focus on it as if it's your window to a better place. It's like, ew, gross. They should have done and that. It had
5: her look up, and the ceiling's just covered with big wads of jizz. <laughs> <laughs> find a clean place on
1: the ceiling. Oh my god! <laughs> and she's like, oh, I couldn't find my clean oh, <laughs> place. And man, what well, her father, her first fucking client was this giant hairy fucking pig. He's disgusting, <laughs> and he gets well, caught with get his that pants one out down. Of the leg, you know? And he gets, he gets kicked in the balls too. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. I could only imagine what that was fucking getting ready to look like. Cause she was drugged to the gills and laying on her back with her head hanging off the bed. I don't know if he was just getting ready to fuck her mouth or what, but it looked, it looked like it was just getting ready to be <laughs> ugly. <Awesome>. But, uh, <laughs> That's an interesting the, um, you know, the, the, these these areas, this this mid two thousands and on this area, the the former Soviet countries, they just they're, they lend themselves very well, I think, to um, being the cinematic for these direct to TV direct to video uh, action films because there's there's a lot of just kind of rundown areas that they can go in the even the it, getting the uh, the nice European feel to even in cityscapes and stuff like that. And I was wondering as I was watching it, it's like. Uh, All these movies take place (laughs) (laughs) in that area that they're actually saying, or at least close. And I'm curious if they could ever. uh, What's that?
3: Can I give you some insight about this? Because uh, on yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Sofia in Bulgaria, and I stayed there for like a summer school of of neuroscience, and uh, Uh was really, really shocked because uh, it really looked a bit partially between uh, as if the Second World War has just ended in combination with uh, uh, really ugly uh, concrete uh, blocks of houses from the 70s, which were partially not finished. So uh, there was no electricity partially. There was water running from the walls. And uh, there was one scene actually when we just crossed the street and there was a hole in the street in the concrete. And usually you have like these small holes, these bumper holes where you could break your tire or whatever. But this hole was, I swear to God, it was uh, a manhole, so it could fall through. And And I peeked down, it went down like five meters and there was just water. <laughs> there. so it was like a death trap. And
5: uh, <laughs> instead of Horrorhound, that's where we're, next Horrorhound is in Bulgaria.
3: And the amazing, amazing <laughs> thing was in in the night you could hear when you were lying in your bed and couldn't sleep, you could hear like uh, really uh, I don't shit you like, uh, uh, dog. How do you call them? Uh, big packs of dogs running through the street, like apparently <laughs> wild, wild animals running through the street. <laughs> so they just. My, in- uh, uh,
1: I I have a friend who actually he lives in Sarajevo. And he, the last time I hung out with him, he was telling me about the how bad the wild dogs have gotten in the city, and people get attacked at night and shit by packs of dogs, because nice. like the government is so fucking corrupt that they they they've diverted any money towards animal control just to put in people's pockets, so yes. they just released all these dogs from the pound, and then they're all breeding and fucking <laughs> getting feral and yeah, eating people. So great, but um, you know, it, it lends it lends to good good. Uh, a, A nice environment for this type of movie, and I'm—I was wondering, like I said, as I watched it, if there was ever if there'd be a way for them to film over here, but somehow mask it. You know, like they use Toronto for a a big city a lot because it's probably cheaper to film there instead of New York or whatever. Uh, You know, if you're from there, you'll recognize it, or if you've seen enough of them. But I'm curious if they could film these movies in these Russian places, but kind of film it in a way where it wasn't—it didn't look. Eastern European or Russian, you know? I was going to say, kind of... if,
5: if they wanted to make a movie here that looked Eastern European and shitty, just <laughs> come where I live.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> we have too. I oh, think they had, a, they had a couple of scenes they really filmed in Saint Petersburg because they have a quite, I think, a famous. Oh yeah, you can famous,
5: tell. Yeah. cathedral yeah, yeah. background
3: when he's walking down the street, but I think when they're
5: riding the motorcycle through
3: Saint yeah. Petersburg Square and everything. Mm-hmm. Some of the action scenes were maybe just filmed in Bulgaria somewhere on a dirt road. And a, a,
1: another thing, another thing you will not get in other movies filmed out of this area is, are the uh, awesomely shitty. Soviet era cars, oh, yeah. like this fucking van that they travel around in, where the motor <laughs> must be in the front seat. Like, there's no hood; he <laughs> just leans yeah. across the passenger seat to work on the motor. it can't, it can't be fucking safe, <laughs> you know, nope. the fucking fumes or whatever in the in the in the cab. And then it's got this weird light on the top. Uh, I like that. I liked that van though.
4: I'd like to, have, um, yeah, I'd like
1: to
5: have that one. It's pretty cool. well, that's old. Uh, uh, give me a break. So you can that whole fucking uh, Gomer Pile shit. I remember Gomer Pile one time. Uh, car broke down, and he took a pair of suspenders or something, and or the fan belt. And Dolph takes a fucking pair of pantyhose. The fan belt breaks, and he puts a pair of pantyhose around the fucking pulleys. Give me a break! I don't think that would work.
1: <laughs> but he
5: just fishnet stockings. Yeah,
1: Soviet stockings are extra strong. Yes. Uh, <laughs>
6: Soviet stockings are made of rubber, not silk. <laughs>
1: i love when the guy says what's the plan kill them all
4: yeah <laughs> oh, that's,
1: that's his plan um there's a nice little <laughs> guys
5: look at each other and go that's the plan <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. um what do you, want? you don't the really exhibition. get to know you don't you don't get <laughs> you don't get to know a lot of his team outside of just kind of a passing thing but um you know, they, they, well, a lot of them, a few of them don't even make it more than like 10 fucking minutes, but, you know, there's a, there's a nice little shootout fighting climax to the movie, and, yeah. you know, everyone gets their moment, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it was, uh, I like the way it wrapped up, too, and the last fight, the last, like, shootout, it happens in a village, and it, um, you know, it's a good, 20 minutes of the movie so it's, yeah. you get your little yeah. action-packed scenes there so i
3: thought it had a okay corral uh, feel to it yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's like. armin do you want to do you want to fill in
3: here yeah i have a couple of remarks uh <laughs> first what i really felt a bit crazy about him seeing when they first before entering the club uh, start checking their weapons i think he tried a little bit to do a montage of the hookers getting ready to to uh, to dress and to, to put on the stockings and they loaded their weapons. There was a little bit of this feeling, but it didn't really work out. But I also felt mm-hmm. a bit crazy when they uh, loaded their weapons and at, at the same time always pointing them at other people in the group. So I thought maybe those guys are not that professional or they're very, very, uh, very, very, very safe. So I thought uh, any guy who ever had any kind of weapon tr- weapons training would uh, really jump out of the room, I guess. Um, uh, I like Ben Cross in the role, so I think he's really good. Yeah. Uh, uh, scumbag European uh, heel in the shits in Eastern Europe. And I think, <laughs> uh, to be honest, I think uh, there's even two links of this movie to Undisputed Two, the the great uh, uh, prison boxing movie. Because like, uh, uh, Ben Cross is in uh, Undisputed Two as Boyka's um, yeah, like colleague or friend. Yeah,
4: I forgot and, about that.
3: And there's one fat bald guy with a with a goatee, which is. Uh, uh, selling drugs, I guess, to uh, to Sasha, and he's also, he's the trainer of Yuri Boyka in um, Undisputed 2. Just uh, oh, yeah. a very small scene. just. Uh, but I, I thought... you' need to watch that again. It's a face you can remember. God
6: damn, if they made a mechanic, part 2, and as uh, Boyka meet a Russian me- specialist. A <laughs> good time. You're the mechanic. I am Boyka. You are a mechanic. Fix my car and shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go kill them all and fuck them up.
3: Yes. Yes. I have to say, action-like, I really uh, think uh, due, to, due to Dolph's uh, size and, and slowness, I think he's strongest in the uh, really dinosaur action scenes when he's there's one elbow punch through a door, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> <The Yeah. pilot>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he left a hole in that fucking door.
3: Yeah, and, and to be honest, I really love uh, these scenes, which is also already a trope when he's uh, shoulder-throwing a guy and immediately shoots him when he's lying on the floor. <laughs> it's really something yeah. really. like, first, uh, physical combat and then just uh, giving him a final bullet in the head or something. It's, was really nice. Then uh, I liked a little bit uh, when he's seeing uh, the guy, the, the Sasha guy, in the mirror, and he shoots at the mirror, which I thought was a nice touch. So uh, that he saw his old nemesis. But yeah. um, uh, I really thought there are a couple of very strange logical conclusions when uh, they're on the on escape, and then uh, in the meantime, one of the guys was shot in the leg, and they have to bring him to this farmhouse and pay the guys off that they're apparently living in the together with these animals in the shed. And then uh, when they drove off again, how how did the gangsters found the farm? I mean, did they read the tracks, or did they? Was it the only house <laughs> yeah. uh, between the, the Finnish border and Leningrad? I don't know. Maybe
1: their maybe their old shitty van was leaving a, a
3: trail of oil. Oil track or, or a stockings trail, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> they
6: could smell that chick, chicken. That went, what?
3: <laughs> so and there's one one also. They,
6: van smells like trout. <laughs> <laughs>
3: When the, when they're when they're a prisoner or not the prisoner but the but the the, the girl they they, <laughs> they got got off uh, wakes up the first time tries to escape from the van at the shitty gas station. Uh, there's one scene where one of his friends uh, threatens the bus driver, but he clearly has no magazine in this AK forty-seven. There's nothing in it. I mean, uh, or, uh, I'm, I didn't I'm, I'm not a weapons expert, but this looked pretty interesting.
6: <laughs> <laughs> You're not specialist. What the fuck you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. uh yeah,
3: otherwise, uh, yeah, I think I would say uh, given the whole – I mean, this is – what can I say? This, To be honest, I have to confess this is the only uh, single Dolph vehicle after 2000 I ever saw, so, yeah. <laughs> so I have not, not many uh, comparisons. I think the older Dolph flicks like Red Scorpion and uh, Punisher I, I quite uh, have a nostalgic fondness for, although they're also not great movies, but they have uh, many, many strong sides. But this felt to me uh, – of course, overly cheap, but had some charm to it, uh, mostly uh, due to Ben Cross and also to the final shootout, which I think really elevated the movie quite a bit. So, yeah. How, Have you seen the new Universal Soldier movies? Uh, I saw one of them. But the problem here in Germany is always that every, every, every movie, either it's on the index, or so it's quite forbidden, or it's cut to shit. So <laughs> <for> instance, <laughs> I, I bought this, uh, I think it was the second new Universal with uh, Scott Adkins, I forgot the title
4: but
3: he is the main uh, role and uh, this was so much cut there were some scenes where people get shot and fall through a door and then uh, in Germany it's just cut off you don't even see what is happening to a guy after he's shot so really and in this scene of course you have the graphic mutilation scenes when foot, foot are shot or shot off or uh, one guy gets his—he gets a machete in the arm and stuff like this, which is amazing, but it's totally cut to shit here. So, usually you have to uh, order the stuff for, from the UK. Like also Nico or above I had to actually order from the UK because uh, even this is over here in Germany severely cut.
1: <laughs> the movie is sixty-eight minutes long. Day of reckoning <laughs> yeah. was
5: so was so fucking violent. I think it, pro- it probably should have been cut over here. I watched what, it. The first Universal Soldier. Like, yeah, Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning. I'm like. Holy, that might have been the most violent fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. It was awesome. <sighs> um, now, I just have like a couple of fucking notes, quick ones. You guys covered okay. just about everything. I was just scratching off everything. I was like, God damn. Okay. Um, when in movies, like when people, this is a motorcycle riding kind of a thing, um, riding a motorcycle with absolutely no like glasses or oh, yeah. anything to put it. I don't understand how fucking people can even do that. Cause first of all, you got shit like bugs and everything else flying right at your eyes, but just the wind mm-hmm. itself and it's winter time and they just have no helmets, no fucking face stuff covered up or anything. And, uh, it, and Dolph's riding with that dude on the back bitch. I always think that's funny when a guy is like, has his arms around another guy and his legs and everything, riding motorcycle. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, um, I like that one thing that I've gotten tired of in movies, in action movies, is they always get a, uh, like an ex-Special Forces guy to train the people how to use guns on the set. So everybody does the exact same thing. They do the, the tactical two hands and sweep the room and follow with their eyes with the gun, and it looks like they're some kind of tactical team. I like how Dolph just shoots his fucking gun with one hand. Like just like and a that, fucking cowboy or something.
1: That like I, I guess it was a shotgun because it looked like shotgun shells. That yeah. that that shotgun that he used at the end, like it was a double-barreled, but they were on top of each other. That thing was pretty badass because like he'd
3: shoot and the fucking like wall
1: would explode.
3: <laughs> and he killed and uh, a couple of guys just by, by hitting them with a the shotgun. So it was a well, hell yeah yeah. A,
5: a <laughs> I always hate when uh, in movies when uh, they shoot the gun and it's completely spent and they look at it and then they throw the gun away. Well, hell, use it like a fucking club. And you might find some more <laughs> fucking ammo. Um, there's a scene that I thought was kind of touching where Dolph fixes this little boy's bike. And it was kind yeah. of it, – it was it was a surprising kind of thing. It was like Seagal uh, crying looking at the picture in the other movie. Although it wasn't – I thought this was a little bit more touching because it reminded him of his son. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, let's see. All Russian daddies in this movie <laughs> – They all dress in black. They all, but they'll have like a black turtleneck, and they have to have a big gold chain. So I thought that's kind (laughs) of that's like their their motif. Uh, One of them, I thought it was funny because they do. uh, You have all the stuff in Saint Petersburg, and it's really you know beautiful and everything, and, uh, and then they get out in the rural areas. And uh, the one guy, they, he shows up, in, uh, or all the Sasha's guys show up, and they're all dressed like that. They all have, like, black dress shoes, black pants, black turtleneck with a gold chain. And the one guy, like like Armin said, it's like the gunfight at the OK Corral. They're kind of, uh, like, stalking each other around the town. And the guy gets back, like, by the pigs or the cows. And, of course, he has to step in a giant pile of cows. <laughs> yes, yes was That was awesome. And I was kind of hoping that when he got shot, he would fall face first into a pile of <laughs> yes, cowship. Let's see, um, and I like the fight between uh, Ben Cross and the one guy at the end, because uh, oh, uh, he yeah. it, it was kind of cool because Ben Cross wasn't uh, like Steven Seagal, like he was like this master fighter. You know, the guy was way bigger than him. The guy looked like almost like Goldberg or some some big wrestler, and <laughs> he just kept going at him, and I thought that was kind of cool uh, because he he uh, they did a, almost a, a kind of a weird when the prostitute chick. They brought her out there that he liked and they shot her in the back and she's laying there like in the mud. What The camera she has like a garter belt and panties on and she's dead. She's got bullet holes in her back. But the camera pans up her legs and shows like her ass. Which it looked <laughs> nice but it was kind of weird and gross that mm-hmm. she was dead and they panned across her ass like that. Um I did like the, Dolph, the over and under shotgun thing. Uh, and I just thought that this was this was like I was saying uh, in I don't know what the hell the other movie I was talking about uh, the 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 uh, the colony with Fishburne and uh, Paxton mm-hmm. that I this is kind of like that it's a it's simple they, they, they don't uh, try and get too complex which like Armin yeah. said about uh, above the law kind of it kind of got too you know they're Bo, from Bogota but then they're in a, you know Vietnam and Cambodia and all this convoluted uh, political stuff with uh, the the contras and all this and that this is just a basic it's kind of almost like a western or just a basic action movie you have some, you know he a revenge thing with dolph and the guy chick gets kidnapped he has to go back and and they throw down so you yep. know and and uh it's got some good fucking action and i thought this is one of the first ones that i watched with dolph like it was a few years ago i was started championing dolph Fucking movies on, like Gentleman's <laughs> Guide, and on uh, later when we started doing our show, it, and I said, you know, I think Dolph is almost like our generations, Charles Bronson, where you go back and watch the Bronson movies that he did in Europe, like a uh, 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 Honor Among Thieves, a Duel in Red Sun, and these the ones mechanic, that did, yeah, that he did <laughs> over in Europe, <laughs> yeah, the mechanic, and and it was they they weren't like. Lawrence Olivier they weren't or or uh, uh, fucking some great thing but he there's a point where Seagal started out cool with above the law marked for uh, death and all that shit his first like three or four movies that were really good and then he tailed off in the other direction Dolph's movie started out kind of hmm, but he hit this patch and we've said this before it's usually the ones that he's allowed to direct he's a little bit older and he developed a charisma because if you watch like Red Scorpion he or even that oh the, oh, the first Punisher he's really young he kind of has a baby face even though he's got a Frankenstein fucking body and he's real big but when he hit a certain age like in his mid to late 40s he started really getting how to show charisma with his face. Yeah. And his actions and everything. I think he learned to act. And I think that the first Expendables really showcased that. But I almost wish that he would get away from that now. Because I thought the second one sucked. I never saw the third one. But I would rather see him doing these straight to TBD. I'm sure his yeah, back book. He would rather be, uh, you know, but but like... Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning. The the uh, Universal Soldier before that one with him and Van Damme. What was that one called?
1: That uh, was uh, the, Regeneration.
5: Uh, regeneration. This movie, uh, there's there's a, a, a few movies there where he was doing real well. Maybe not as much financially, of course, because Stallone's going to throw a shitload of money at him to be in these expendable movies. Yeah. But I think creatively, as a director and an actor, he would almost have been better off. If he would have done that one Expendables and then kind of got on his own, the one with he's, him and Cuba he, Gooding Jr. is good.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. And and it's funny, Anthony uh, Anthony on our group uh, when I posted the feed sack thread, right. he asked one of his thing was what what in your opinion separates Dolph from the other beefcakes? So I mean, you're you're answering it quite well. It's is like he's he seems like a he's it seems like a pretty down to earth guy. He I mean he. And he's, you know, he's been doing direct, direct-to-video shit for mm-hmm. 20 years, pl- almost, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, um, he's, he's not really a, a, a theater-type uh, guy anymore, but his movies are, at the very least, solid, if not highly he's entertaining for the most movies. part. solid He's, he's, he's yeah. got
5: the formula down.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, he's, you know he's just uh he's fun to watch even it, it, I, I you know a slow action star is not something you you'd you'd think but it's just it's it's just fun to watch him i think and and you know he seems he's a bright guy and i, I just i like seeing his output he's it's, it's always uh and, you know he's got some he's got some stinkers but don't we all
3: so. yeah I think he's infinitely more likable than Seagal and has, a, has real charisma yeah. and is a, is a brighter guy than most of the other action guys. And uh, I think this movie really convinced me to check out more of his uh, later output, uh, the one with nice. Steve Birding and others. So I think it's...
1: He's done he it. wears a fucking like Hawaiian shirt and fedora. I th-
5: I, honestly, I think Saddam Hussein is more likable
3: than fucking <laughs> <laughs> Uh
1: Armin, what would you rate this movie?
3: Uh, yeah it's again a mixed bag but I think the really the final shootout uh, elevates it quite a lot and I would maybe give it um, yeah wait it back and forth and I would maybe give it now the pussy has returned um, <laughs> <Yeah>. whoa <laughs>
1: they always come back
3: I even <laughs> wait no they don't uh, about a seven. <laughs> <To> give, <laughs> shut the fuck up to give it uh, a 7 yeah, a seven, yeah.
1: To give it a bit more than the other one. You said
3: a 7? Seven? 7 for effort. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, uh, I, I I quite liked this one. I really liked the climax also. Um, I give it a 7.5. Uh, very solid, yeah. fun little action movie.
5: I'll give it an 8. I'm going to escalate. No. I like this one. I hadn't watched it in a while, but I st- it's it's tight. It's got some uh, good action. And Dolph is... Uh, he's, he's Dolph. He's awesome in this. And And you yeah. know what? The rest of the actors around him, they were all really good. I I, I thought, uh, you know, they, like Ben Cross, you had some actual good actors even. And one thing that you also had in this, uh, I don't know if everybody in this was Russian, you know, the the other, uh, like his team and everything. But you had a lot of good uh, character faces. You didn't just have Mm -hmm. generic, uh, you know, fucking... uh, like American movies where they just, everybody kind of starts looking the same pretty.
4: Yeah.
1: Awesome. Cool. Let's, uh, let's take another break and come back and do a little feed sacking and wrap this thing up. We'll be right back.
0: One dark and stormy night in the mid eighties, Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo, Pulled a train on Elvira, while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. We're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. (laughs) Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, hell. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried
1: that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that Not waste. Now pull up your skirt.
0: So check me out at tworpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios.
1: Time for that feed sacking. Man, I gotta tell um, you, our,
0: the music this week fucking sucked a dick.
1: Who fucking picked <laughs> <all> that? <those. laughs> that was David. Pick that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I was was sorry, a, that was that was the Smiths. I like that song. Uh, um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all of you it, it sucked dick, some really. Get
5: little Haggard on here sometimes. <laughs> 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 you too, man. They had all that great new music out.
1: Oh my god, I deleted that shit.
5: <laughs> it, it, it wasn't very good. I listened to that one song about Joey Ramone, and I wasn't uh, didn't light my fire. The, there was some guitar stuff in it, but the rest of it was just YouTube.
1: Come on, baby, light my fire. All right, uh, let's see. Do you want to do the questions first? Uh, like we already asked Anthony's. Alan asked us a, asked us a couple questions. Yeah. Um, he asked, "Do you think Lloyd Kaufman should have gotten more than a three second cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy?" And he also asked, he said, looks like he will only get three and a half weeks for Yule time. Am I the only one with that short of a Yule break, a Christmas break? <coughs> Armin, being from Germany, I know you get some fucking serious vacation. Uh, Let me tell days. you about my.
3: 28, 28, days. I guess. 28 days.
1: 28 days. Let <coughs> me tell you about the vacation I get for Christmas. <coughs> Last year, I worked on Christmas Eve, I was off on Christmas Day. And I worked on the twenty sixth.
4: Oh that was my Christmas. Birth.
5: I, damn! I uh, willfully work every Christmas Eve, every Christmas <laughs> Day. I work my birthday. I work Thanksgiving. I work. I. Because I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's just like who get, I mean, who cares?
1: Because you love it's work. Just
5: garbage, just waiting to die.
1: <laughs> 20, All that stuff is a distraction. A is nice
5: it's just a distraction.
1: So you you get a month off a year, right? Yeah, yeah. Zom, you get some good vacation too. I think I, I can get just pretty
5: much just take off whenever the fuck I want.
1: <laughs> I get about four and a half hours a month vacation, or maybe every two weeks. Maybe I get one out, one day a month. One day a month. So nine? Yeah. What? Or Twelve? 12 yeah. A year. Two yeah, two weeks. Two weeks almost a year is what I get. Oof. Almost. Almost. okay. you got to stay yeah, busy, though. It. it
5: keeps you out of trouble.
1: Yeah. It keeps me off the fucking couch quite as long. <laughs> Nothing will um, keep um, me So, so Alan did send us some uh, uh, an email. <clears throat> uh, greetings, Doc and Mustache Loaf and Armin. He didn't say that. I just added the Armin part. Thanks. Um, as yeah. usual, I've been listening but not feeding the sack. Let's change that. Even if it doesn't make sense or is worth reading. Wouldn't that be funny if that was the end of the email? Um, the Hong Kong undercover ep really made me want to revisit Infernal Affairs and perhaps even see the sequels and the remake. I wait, remake? Oh, the... the okay. Um, as for City of Fire, I haven't seen it, but it was good to hear someone not jumping on the reservoir dogs completely ripped it off bandwagon. Eh, I don't think that about Tarantino. Whatever. Fucking make your mixtape. It's enjoyable um now for the roadhouse episode i'm not a big fan of the original but it's okay what what the, uh, no. so, okay <laughs>
5: is he just being a troll or what
1: i don't know so when it came to watching works. the sequel when it came to watching this oh my god okay here's the one when it came to watching the sequel i had no hopes for a good movie maybe that's why i liked it so much and found it better than part one jesus
5: christ who the fuck is who's who's writing this Alan, oh Jesus Christ!
1: Um, okay, so now first he asked some more questions. Uh, he's just
5: trying to start shit. He's like the guys he, that he, come into the double deuce, just trying to start shit.
1: Yeah, it's time to not be nice, Alan. Um, so, <laughs> why he he asked kick, me dude, why is why he's is this
5: <laughs> close to getting banned from the fucking crew?
1: <laughs> he asked me why is Facebook so slow on his iPhone four? Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Don't get me started on Facebook, but he's also using a four-year-old phone now, so we'll just say that. Um, and if Dolph had been a wrestler, what would his wrestling gimmick and name be? Zombie you want to field this one? Jesus Christ.
5: Uh, if now, Dolph wh- was a wrestler, he would be like uh, uh, Frankenstein, and <laughs> and they would like make him... He would be like... Uh, he gay, would have
1: wrestled like, in Memphis as Frankenstein, yeah. Gay
5: Frankenstein. No, he, he would I, be I like could a, see him a gay being... guy who was, the uh, like, they would have uh, a manager who created him in a laboratory.
1: I was totally getting ready to say he would be like fucking Rocky Horror. Exactly. That's exactly saying. <laughs> and right. Lou, yeah. Lou Albano in Spandex would have been his uh, Frankenfurter.
5: Yeah.
1: Yes. there oh, simpatico. Jesus. <laughs> uh, over and out to Al. Okay, thank you for that. Um, all right, and we got. Oh, did you have any. Uh, did you want to come up with a gimmick? Actually, Armin, did you want to come up with a gimmick for Dolph's wrestling persona? Uh,
4: I have nothing to say to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, let's see. And Croy sent us a email. I mean, a, vo- a voicemail. Um, and, Croy, to answer your quick question, I could not play your file, but I was able to convert it, as you will hear. So, I'm not sure... I, I-, I could play it on my computer, but not the iPad, for whatever reason that was. So. Uh, Bernie Sticky sends the same sorts of voicemails, and I can never play them on the iPad until I convert them to something. So. I wonder if you All can right, play them on Android. Probably. <laughs> the, su- the superior phone. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: silver and indeed gold. Hello, gentlemen. Oh. I'm clapping you because uh, you consistently produce a very high quality podcast. And yeah. I think you don't give yourselves enough credit. Um, I've been listening to you since the, I think since the beginning, um, just listening to the gentleman's guide from midnight cinema, but got a bit sick of uh, the Canadian wine. Eating his cereals, maybe <laughs> nauseous. Um, I'm sure, perhaps he stopped doing that now. Actually, if the Canadian one has stopped eating his cereals, then I will probably listen to more. Anyway, enough about eating cereals. Um, great podcast. I've never seen uh, Infernal Affairs before. Uh, on your recommendation, I, I gave it a watch, and you know what? I think. Uh, I think Zong was right. It was better than Departed. I quite like Departed, but uh, Jack Nicholson. hmm, I don't know. I found his performance to be somewhat, well, just ridiculous Uh, when he's in the cinema shaking that crazy rubber dildo. I was like, what am I watching here? (laughs) This is silly. Um, But to watch the the proper, you know, Hong Kong film affairs. That was cool, and uh, I thought you broke it down really well, and maybe you want to watch some more. I've actually watched um, two and three as well, and I just say they're equally good. I think you guys should cover it. They're uh, quality, quality stuff. Um, I haven't yet leapt into wrestling. In my day it was WCW, so you know, I mean, that's the more English version of your wrestling. But uh, yeah, WCW was the uh, was the wrestling I always used to watch. And uh, I used to enjoy it, actually. I thought it was great. But, uh, you know, when I found out it was fake, that's when, oh. you know, I, I sort of lost track. Hey, Fabe, dude.
4: But
2: anyway, guys, you know, <laughs> keep it up. One of my favorite podcasts. Uh, you're probably number three. Ooh. Um, Chin Stoker and Punter are sort of four. And <laughs> you and Chin Stoker and Punter are sort of in the same zone. So... I kind of give you equal third place, but yeah, uh, you know, we got well bronze. Done. Keep it up, and uh, you know, keep on trucking, your dicks. Bye. We're, Boy, number, cool three.
5: We're yeah. number three. We're <laughs> yeah, or tied with three, so we could be. tied for three. number
2: three.
1: Cool, thank you, sir. Uh, Note that. to self:
5: don't eat cereal <laughs> on air. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what um, these, what show was that he was talking about. I don't,
1: it I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's it for feed sack.
6: <gasps> Wee sack. Wee
1: sack. Um, so uh, you can always send us such sacks to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or silvergoldpodcast at gmail and find us on iTunes and Stitcher and. Our face, wait, and our website, silverandgold.com, and our Facebook group, Silva slash silverandgold. So, as a thank you to Armin, I don't know if these are actually good thank yous when we let somebody pick movies for us. This is really just us being lazy, but no, it's great. Uh, as a thank you to Armin <laughs> for uh, uh, being on the show this week and celebrating our 150. Yeah, Um he picked a he, he picked a couple maybe maybe it'll be a will it be a magnificent bastard episode? A Magnificent Borgnine yep. Bastard.
5: A Magnificent Borgsterd.
1: There you go. Double feature. <laughs> We're gonna do Emperor of the North with some Lee Marvin again and some Keith Carradine. I wonder if he's a a, a liberal hippie in that one too. Um Emperor of the North from 73 and from Here to Eternity. Is this our first Lancaster?
5: No, I thought we did Lancaster before. Maybe not. I
1: don't, I don't remember we what it was if we did. Lot. We talk about them a lot, yeah. And Frank Sinatra and Donna Reed being hot probably in the 50s. So, uh, From Here to Eternity, 1953, so 20 years apart. Armin, we look forward to reviewing those. We hope we do them justice for you. We'll
3: get um, them. Yeah, you be sure. <laughs> oh, voicemail. Yeah. Voicemail, voicemail.
1: Um, so, well, thank you, Armin, actually, for being on the show. We really appreciate you uh, spending the six hours with us today. Uh, <laughs> well, thank
3: you so much. It was a great pleasure. It was, uh, it was amazing.
1: So Is it getting late there? What time is it where you are? Is it like well, 9 o'clock now?
3: It's 9 o'clock, so I just have to walk the dog. He's uh, starting to... He's slightly sweat to soon.
1: <laughs> it's dribbling out. He's going to start moaning in a second, like on your voicemail.
3: Yeah. I train him to, to bark when I, when I say silver and gold, but it will stay, still take a while. So he's, he's a slow learner.
1: <laughs> See if you can get him to fart when you say silver and gold. Oh, oh no. Nobody will listen to <laughs> <laughs> so that. Um, awesome. Cool. Um, I think Wait. that's it for this week. Unless you guys have anything else.
5: Nope. I got I left it all on the court.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, until next time, this is a loaf oot. Som.
3: I'm in oot.
1: There you go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>